0: Alright, here we go. It is episode 50 of the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. We are finally here. This is the episode where we're going to be covering Blood Brothers. I never thought that we'd be talking about episode 50. Certainly never thought we'd be right here. At some points uh, during the show's run, I never thought we'd ever get to Blood Brothers, but here we are. We are here at Blood Brothers. And uh, with that, here it is, breaking out the old uh, renegade theme music just one more time for the uh, episode 50 of uh, the Celebration two-hour-long episode of Blood Brothers. Next episode will be covering uh, Funeral for an Octopus and Sibling Rivalry. I think I had talked about this about five episodes ago and then it was supposed to be that, quote, next episode. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, but that will be the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed the uh, five-part extravaganza crossover event with the uh, Teenage Wasteland and Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. And we certainly hope you'll, you'll enjoy episode 50. Of the Clone Cyber Chronicles Podcast. You're on Spidey Dude.com and the Spidey Dude.com Radio Network. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? Clones. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair and changed my name to Ben Reilly. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kirk Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone. And me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't
1: you just tell me I was a clone? The
0: cloning process has proven unstable. You're kind of Welcome back, Clone to another episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast. I am Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host, and this is the only podcast devoted to the Spider-Man 1990s Clone Saga. We recently were listening, if you've been listening lately, we've had five uh, crossover episodes with Teenage Wasteland, uh, covering the ultimate Clone Saga, but we're getting back to uh, to our roots with this particular episode, our 50th. Guys, can you imagine there being 50 episodes of the show? (laughs) <laughs> and then more
2: than five years, I,
0: right?
2: that when I <laughs> signed up for it,
0: for sure. Yeah, well... well what is the this thing?
2: podcast ever going to end?
0: <laughs> there is an endgame. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel.
3: Well, we are still alive, so clearly now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, anyway, this is uh, the 50th episode. This is Blood Brothers. This is a big story. This is the last multi-title uh, crossover story before Revelations. So uh, we have that to look forward to for the next six months of story time. Um, This particular episode covers Sensational 4 and 5, ASM 411 and 412, Adjective List number 68, and uh, because I can't remember the issue number, Spectacular off the top of my head. 234. 234. 234, yes. Spectacular 234. Really great cover.
2: Um, spectacular? No, it, that's that. an awful that's an awful cover. Are you kidding what? me? Whatever.
4: With we this
0: random
2: uh, with this random title in the middle of the in of the <laughs>
4: page yeah, instead of the title.
0: Gonna, way for the I'm gonna tell you,
2: this is this I, is
4: gonna be spirited, I can already tell.
0: I I will tell you right now, this is just from just from my personal experience. This was the first arc I ever collected. I believe like, it
3: I, I remember when this came out uh twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, God, that makes me feel old. I know.
3: So this is, this is like, this is like my. Oh, oh, you feel old?
2: At least you're still in your twenties. Shut your face. <laughs> I'm gonna be thirty-one. <laughs> right. I'm gonna be thirty-one next week. Am I the oldest guy on the podcast? I just turned thirty-four in, in, a month
3: ago. Thirty-four. There you go. Old. So, <laughs> so by episode sixty, will we be able to finish the cycle before these two die off? Much. <laughs> you
0: know, at the rate the episodes well played, coming out, though. Well played. Uh, but yeah, we we kind of I, I kind of was talking amongst ourselves, and I'm not going to give exact numbers, but we've probably got about 15 episodes left. God willing.
2: Uh, All right, see you in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take bets. Let's finish this first. Attack the
0: 45th anniversary CFC. of the Star
3: Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> Part yeah. One.
0: But my daughter will be taking part of the uh, uh, on the uh, on the panel by the time the <laughs> show's over. Yeah.
3: I knew your father Zach was a good friend. He was a good friend.
0: <laughs> Man, nice 90s 90s Little friend.
3: did you know that you burned in lava and became Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> so, wait, I oh, I get to be Anakin Skywalker for Episode 3.
3: That sucks. <laughs> you, you were the chosen one, Joyner! You were supposed you to balance balanced the, the clones j- like a not continuing Or oh, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. Okay, so... Uh, this particular episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Life of Riley. Uh, Life of Riley, of course, is the 2036-part um, yeah. series of articles devoted to the qual Saga, uh, there's a lot that goes on uh, in Life of Riley, and I'm going to read part of um, the uh, clone memo time, because I remember, I, I teased this last time we were all together. So uh, this is quoting Glenn Greenberg from Life of Riley. I vividly remember the day it was uh, introduced. It was July of 1995. I was actually out of the office that day, sick in bed he called in later in the day to check in, check in with his boss, Tom Brevoort, because he's been there now 20 years. My oh God. And, and asked him if any progress had been made in solving the clone dilemma. Brevoort told me they uh, suggested an idea that surprised and intrigued everyone on the into- editorial team. That would be Bobby Linsky, Eric Fine, and associate editor Mark Bern- Bernardo. I asked Brevoort the idea, and he summed it up in two words. Time loop. In a nutshell, that it was the idea that neither Peter nor Ben or the clone, but both were the original. How you ask? Could this be possible? Glad you asked, because brace yourselves, here they go. The idea was that Peter would somehow be sent back in time five years, where he would coexist with the Peter Parker of that time, and he, and somehow be led to believe that he was the clone. Peter would then spend the next five years living as Ben Riley. When Peter slash Ben discovers the point in 1996, the year this story would have taken place. Where he is sent back in time to become Ben. The time loop is closed, and there is only one Peter Parker left in the present. The who lived in the past five years as Ben Riley. The Ben Riley of '96 regains all the memories of Peter's adventures from ASM 149 and on, thus validating over 20 years of Spider-Man stories and hopefully pleasing longtime fans. The scenario was met the most important requirements laid down by Bob, in which that Peter Parker must be restored to Spider-Man, but Ben Riley must be validated as a character as well. Peter. Ben could be written off as another clone that was just lying around or a robot or something that could easily and casually be dismissed. Now, remember at this point, uh, Dan Juergens had pretty much pressed that Peter Porker come back and uh, be restored to Spider-Man number Ben Riley. Even though they just introduced Ben Riley thanks to Dan Jurgens. So that's, that's that. After Reward told me the concept, I was silent. He was silent on the phone for a good long moment, he was shocked and intrigued immediately saw the potential that the idea had, and was very excited about helping develop it further. He became the biggest cheerleader around the office, defending it from any and all criticism and skepticism. As time passed, we began they began refining the idea, he pointed out that there was one key thing they had to get around. The Marvel Universe ruled that whenever a character goes back in time, he or she is not going to end up in the same timeline that he or she left. A new timeline virtually identical to the original is created by the trip through time, and that is the one the character is visiting. The best example of this was Marvel 2 and 1 number 50 where Thing went back to the earliest days of the Fantastic Four as part of an experiment to cure himself. Thing realized by the end of the story that even if his younger self was cured it would have no bearing on his current self because the younger Thing who received the cure from an alternate timeline created by the Thing's journey back in time. The hopes he hasn't lost is there. This is the simplest explanation he could come up with. Anyway, the end result the end result of this rule was that no trip to the past could cause any changes to the Marvel Universe as present, and under this rule, if Peter Parker was sent back five years, he wouldn't land on the timeline he left. We had to get around this rule, so the suggestion was made that Judas Traveler and Squire be brought back to the storyline and be responsible for the
3: timeline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the rationale that these characters were presented as being so vastly powerful, Traveler once said he wasn't God, but he was pretty close we could establish that they were just able to sidestep this universal rule and make sure that make sure that peter parker stayed in the same timeline he was sent back in time it seemed to work so they went with it and a short time later he had a new idea that he felt could be inserted in the story so he asked for a lunch meeting with Reebord galinsky and presented it to him they had the meeting and thought the idea could work so he wrote up an eight-page memo that incorporated everything into one streamlined sort of story treatment uh, in short, the idea would be he would reveal the traveler wasn't exaggerating his closest God. In fact, he was a fallen angel, an agent of good who somehow lost his way. His punishment was to spend his existence from wandering the earth. Other. uh... He commenced in mankind's goodness, would he declare he planned to use his powers to eradicate all evil from earth? At which point, the enacted Squire would say, I cannot allow that to happen. Uh Scryer would reveal to his true self. Other prince. Be Mary Jane's miscarriage, and the fact that Ben Riley really is beginning to have flashes of memories that could possibly be his because they mainly belong to Peter Parker. Eventually, Ben and Peter would discover that neither one of them is the clone both as positive as the genuine order. The rest of the scenario, uh, tra- <laughs> Traveler are not clearly in direct conflict with each other, having concocted the, con- the contest of which the winner would take all. The contest. Like so many Travel's recent, Traveler's recent experience, when were all around Spider-Man, it would settle Traveler and Squire's dispute about the inherent nature of mankind. But Ben and Peter refuse to participate. And here comes the kicker. Squire laughs and finally reveals himself to Ben and the readers in his true form. Oh my gosh. Anybody want to guess who it is? Mephisto. It's Mephisto, yes. Anyway, Peter's alive in <laughs> the fact he never died because you're Peter, you've always been Peter. But boom his uh, story treatment went on and, on and on and on and on to discuss the ramifications about the Revelations, how everything could fit within the established continuity, the backstory of Traveler and his Relationship, and so forth. Traveler lost the contest because in saving Peter, Ben was in essence saving himself, thus reporting Mephisto's argument that mankind is a support a very selfish beast. The very price was that Mephisto had to pay with his own soul. <sighs> so this is all Bob Yulinski's fault.
2: Uh, Oh, for crying out loud!
0: Uh,
2: this is why when you conceive a story, it's a good idea to have in mind a beginning, a middle, and an end.
0: Because when you have to did. wing it,
2: when you have to wing it in the middle, it turns into crap.
0: Uh, there's some more uh-huh. details just in part 20, part, 20 uh, part 22, and 23. Um, We've discussed the concept. Uh, Dan wanted to keep it simple. Ben's the clone. Re- Peter's the real deal. That's the goal. So that eventually, this is we'll we'll get into a little bit later on the. Uh, on the on the misgivings, but let's get into Blood Brothers. We're going to start. Oh, wait, with,
2: hold on. Can I can I respond to one thing from that though? Sure. Um, if they're going to give an example of going back of how Marvel time travel works, why in the hell wouldn't they just use something that everyone knows, like Days of Future Past? <laughs> you have to go into like a long winded explanation of Marvel Two and One Number Fifty for no reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree
0: with that. But you know, it's 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 Greenberg, so whatever. Uh, I'm not going to lie, this is one of the stupidest... I, I knew this eventually was going to come <laughs> up, I just didn't realize when I was doing my research for, for Blood Brothers it was going to come up with this part, but yeah. This is all happening during Blood Brothers. Oh, right, by so the way, s- that, whole, that whole time travel rule, by the way,
2: when when One yeah. More Day came out, I kept reminding everybody about that, and no one wanted to listen to me. I was pointing yeah. out that if you sent the devil bird back in time, it wouldn't change shit because all it would do was create an alternate universe, but, That's oh well... I guess. Well, no. <laughs> well, whatever. The rules got thrown out the window when when you're in a stupid story. Just ask Michael Bay.
0: <laughs> any other? Uh, any other I'm thoughts? I'm uh, uh, Greg and uh, Donovan.
3: I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> Quite frankly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: Me too. Hey, remember the big note, Mephisto is not a Spider-Man villain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was also why I got denied. I forgot to mention that point. all right right, sensational spider-man number four coming out cover date of may of 96 blood brothers part one of six it's got a picture of ben Riley and a camera uh, focused on him unmasked and the line says exposed Uh,
3: zach real quick could you do you know if you could speak up a little bit more you're sounding somewhat soft
0: can you hear me now yeah the background
3: is overpowering yeah
0: your voice
2: Ooh.
3: It mostly yeah. just
0: sounds like. How about now? That's a that's a bit better. That's a bit better.
3: Hey, I, don't know a better? Fan, I don't know if there's a fan in the background or anything, but like, yeah, you. Were... Yeah, it's
0: it's my AC. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Uh, by uh, the way, when I
3: saw when I saw this cover,
2: I didn't think Camera. I immediately thought Sniper Scope.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's.
3: that's I thought I think both. Wait, I thought both. What are you gonna do? But.
0: Uh, it's anyway, a publisher from the
3: PlayStation uh, Green.
0: <laughs> there you go. Alright, Sensational Spider Man 4 is written by Dan Jurgens, who also did the artwork with Klaus Janssen doing the finished artwork. We open with J. Jonah Jameson holding the picture of Spider Man saying this Parker, the photo's simply sensational. Spider Man will be done once in <laughs> for <of> my breakfast. <laughs> I love that.
3: <laughs> this photo is simply Sensational, Spider-Man. We'll be done with
0: the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we open with Peter Parker and Robbie with Jonah and the Daily Bugle, <laughs> and uh, you know Peter Parker is actually uh, gives a tries to give Peter Parker a check, and Robbie's like, Jonah, this amount. And he's like, Hey, you promised me <laughs> <What's that? laughs> Yeah, he had a duck for expenses, Parker. Yeah, so basically he's trying to screw himself. So he's like three, uh, he's trying to take it to the globe. And (laughs) and, uh, Jonah's like, outrageous. It's a a very basic basic Spider-Man scene from like any
3: era, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. very, very classic. Although
2: although Jonah turns into a Neil Adams character, the way his hands are just flailing around the whole time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's Yeah, it is, yeah. So, we then cut to the daily grind with Desiree Wimthrop and uh, Shirley serving some coffee. Then, all of a sudden, Jessica Carradine shows up. So, uh, for those of you that have not been keeping score at home, because it's been a while since we've done one of these episodes, uh, Ben has found out that Jessica's dad is actually the burglar. So, we get a, a flashback sequence to Peter Parker, or Ben Riley's past as Peter Parker. Jessica's yeah,
4: father murdered
0: Uncle Ben. Yep, and place with the conversation with Jessica. Finally, we uh, all of a sudden, the EMS pers- uh, SWAT personnel uh, take off, and, uh, <laughs> and Ben sits there and basically ditches Jessica. So Jessica then grows ahead and grabs her camera and starts trying to stop photos, and Spider-Ben shows up t- to uh, Can- take out these rubbers. Can I interrupt you for a second? You
2: forgot uh, he promised Desiree that he was going to go to her place to help her with studying for something and he blew oh, her fine. off and he blew her off to go with Jessica, who he then blew off herself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not really well played. Ben. So uh, Jessica then tries to get a better vantage point and uh, Ben, realizing that he's in a, in a very difficult situation because one of the robbers has taken her hostage. Ben uses his his webbing to gum up the gun and cause it to backfire, while simultaneously shielding the uh, the citizen away from the from the gun blast. So after she's declared that he's okay, he then swings off. Jessica, tracking her via her camera, is wondering why he's dropping into the alley. So too many things in the way she can't see. Until Ben Riley, basically the the cover of the issue, issue four, is recreated. In this issue, and Jessica's like, it can't be, and she yells out, Spider-Man to him, hey, is Peter.
3: I mean, Ben Riley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, myself.
0: And he's like, Huh? That low-level buzz. It's almost like my spidey sense. Something's wrong. I better check it out. So then he jumps on top. Bullshit.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I got to call BS on that. That might be my spider sense I'm taking my mask off. I should probably investigate. Come on! <laughs> really? <laughs> so
0: just, so ben,
4: ben, I hope this uh, is a mutation disease returning. I don't think I could deal with that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, Jessica's popping in and out from time violation portals.
0: Uh, <laughs> so basically, once Ben reaches to the top of the parking ramp, he realizes it's Jessica, and he's she's got her camera, and she's like, "I never suspected. I never dreamed." And he's like, "Just don't run away. We need to talk about this, please." And she's like, "Don't you dare talk to me about it." my father. I won't believe anything you say. You've been lying to me the whole time. So she then walks off. We then cut to a scene where Peter and Ben are burying a body. <laughs> <laughs> That's random. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, actually,
3: they, actually, <laughs> they didn't kill Jessica. They didn't kill Jessica.
2: The secret is safe once again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, to say they're basically digging an incredibly shallow grave for the uh, bag of bones that, uh, have the spider uh, right bag of, bag of the bag of bones for with the skeleton. That uh honestly will not be seen again in the regular uh four core titles. <laughs> Thank this you God. Is it, the last, this is the last time we see this the, the skeleton in the smokestack. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> it's it great that they're burying it? They're burying it in a shallow, really shallow, but they're doing it in a in a in a cemetery, which is one of the only yes. places where they actually regularly dig up the earth to put things. Yeah. In other that's, words, that's the worst place to bury something in the
0: entire <laughs> world. Are you speaking from experience? No. Shut <laughs> <Cheer it> up. <laughs> 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 I'm guessing.
4: Right, so this, men haven't watched enough gangster flicks to know how to do this properly.
0: Well, you know, Peter and Ben are are you know, so. Seven steps away from St. Louis. So, uh we then cut to Jessica, who's who's just looking over this photo, staring at it over and over and over. And she's talking about an opportunity for revenge. Da, da, da. Blood, Blood Brothers continues an amazing Spider-Man 4LAP. Be there! And next oh, moment yeah, sensational, dance. the Molten Man. Alright, so yes which then cuts us over to Amazing Spider-Man number 411, Peter Parker, who is is marked for death.
3: Oh, yes. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man Blood Brothers Part Two oh six, Peter Parker colon marked for death, cover featuring, uh, I'll talk about later, a very memorable one for me, where Peter has his hand over his crotch and Mary Jane cries. Because remember, I was, I must have been like seven when that first came out. That's one thing I remember. So, uh, yeah, I uh... This is.
2: Maybe I'm wrong, but I seem to remember this one being. I remember this cover being in a lot of house ads for (coughs) Spider Man around this time period. But I could be wrong.
3: That's possible. I. I, I,
2: It's a great sell. Like,
3: why is Peter Parker dead? Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I remember from the day it came out. It's been burning my memory. Um, Yeah. So. This issue, uh, like the Alice issue, starts off with Jameson just gleeful, like, you know, ha-ha, we can can finally prove that Spider-Man is a pervert because he's burying skeletons, you see? And um, he's gathered everybody to talk about it for, like, the first two pages before he demands for them to go back and finish their coffee on their own time. Uh, Robbie's like, I don't know, this is such a good idea, Tommy. I mean, the the cops are saying you're interviewing their investigation. He's like, no, I'm trying to help the cops. And it, it, it ends that conversation. So, uh, Mark Bagley's Spider-Man swings through the skyline thinking about Jessica Carradine, who I guess... Oh my god,
0: up. that that, that freaking that, that, that splash page is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's it's one amazing. Of my favorite, that's, that's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite, uh, Bagley, uh, Spider-Man images.
3: If only the, my, my copy didn't have the Marvel watermark, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gonna do... I, I mean, I like oh. to say
4: it's mine, I mean, it looks good, but the head is just too tiny for that body. Um, I don't care.
3: Or no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, his, his, the way that he's stretched out, his latissimus dorsi is a lot more visible, so I don't necessarily mind it. Okay. Maybe because of the webs, it's kind of obscuring okay. the musculature. Anyways, okay, fair enough. so he's he's thinking to himself, crap, my girlfriend knows who I am. This is really bad, you. So he's, uh, I, I guess he's just trying to be active and tries to find Seaward Trainer because, uh, Peter's suspicious after the last, uh, Web of Carnage Saga. So he's got to find him. He sticks a spider trace into a random cardboard box. to hope that'll, that'll lead to something, maybe. So he goes back to his apartment and changes it to his secret identity as Ben Riley, who's totally not a clone. As he walks down the stairs, uh, he notices that this room is feeling cold, so he tells his landlord, hey, I don't think there's any heat in my apartment. And she says, no heat? No heat, you say? Well, that's because this deadbeat you that you are didn't pay for the rent. Your check bounced. So, um, Ben says, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go to the, uh, the bank now uh so we see like one of one of three scenes where peter and mary jane are basically arguing whether they should go back to portland or stick around because of the mystery of the skeleton is just that exciting and it isn't can i um, interrupt
4: you for a second after that previous page of the landlord there's an ad on my copy of that horrible made for tv generation x movie this is really dating when this
2: thing <laughs> came out oh yeah
3: oh, oh yeah. I,
2: I, <laughs> I mean oh good lord wow. I, I, dude, I do i do Dude, I taped that on VHS when it aired. If that—that's the most dated statement you can make on this program. I never you know? saw
3: it, but uh,
4: I don't know. Let me read the chat. Join the Generation Sweepstakes. Generation X World Premiere Original Movie Coming to Fox, February twentieth, nineteen ninety-six. Brought to you by Sega, makers of the Sega Saturn and Virtua Fighter Two. Fleer yeah, skybox. Yeah. Internet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, Donovan.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. Sega
0: Saturn, we hardly knew ye. Exactly.
2: Don. The key here is the key here is this came out in 1996. The movie, like, it tries to copy how Batman Forever looked with all the ridiculous neon and the and the Dutch angles. Oh, and really,
0: Dude, The freaking house has yes. To.
2: So if you so if you ever end up watching that movie, just be ready to have a seizure from the all the amount of neon flashing on the screen and stuff. It's horrifying. Awesome. I hope it's easily findable online. Fun fact. <laughs> Although, fun fact, the guy who played uh, Banshee in that was the same guy who voiced him on
3: the cartoon. Really? That is kind of cool. Yes. Oh, I like that kind of stuff. And I, I, Emma Frost, actually, in that in the ad, looks like uh, an image I, I've seen of her in the comics around the time. Anyways. Um, so we we find Seward Trainer talking to a uh, a gauntly figure. With a breathing apparatus and a green cloak, uh, and they're basically they're basically kind of arguing about his involvement in their science. And he says, "I don't know if this time timetable allows me to complete uh, <laughs> all all the science that you're having me do for you." And he says, "Well, you better do it. You better better deliver because a failure will not be tolerated." <laughs> so So, um, Ben goes Failed. to work he at the. Look out ground. to mention
0: that to Trainer is being played by Sean Connery.
3: Oh, I no, thought that, 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 that was a given by this point. <laughs>
0: with this consistent <laughs> podcast we've been doing for
2: so many years.
0: Audrey will always make an appearance as, as long as he with trainers makes an appearance. She's covered in paint. Colonel print, Gentleman. print. So, yeah. uh, Colonel Gentleman's, uh,
4: uh, Colonel Gentleman's um, list of Hollywood actresses need a good smack in the mouth.
3: I do love Adventure <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> so... Ben shows up at the Daily Grind, and Shirley's being talked to by guys in trench coats. One guy looks like um, uh, Dennis Franz from Port of an Ass Grabber. And uh, as he's leaving, his spider sense goes off. <laughs> and- <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was waiting for that to, to land for you, Gerard. Um, and um, he knows that something- something's up, and he feels like he's kind of being set up. So as, as he changes, he talks to Shirley and says, these guys are talking about uh, – uh, there's a problem with his... Is it this issue with the last issue they're about the social security number? But um, there's basically... Like, like, like They're talking about his identity and saying that he has a history of violent behavior which isn't true. I mean, unless you want to get technical and say he's Spider-Man, but that doesn't really count. So he's like, it's a lie, Shirley. You gotta believe me.
0: You, so, you know um, who the who the two cops are, the two detectives are,
3: right? Oh, yeah. NYPD blue, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's to date this even further. Um, Yes. Yeah. That's because that was a very '90s show. Uh, was it even was it even playing? It's still playing. Yeah, it didn't end until like '90. Until like that was like in the middle of its heyday. It went from like '92 to 2002. Yeah, I think so.
4: Ago. And speaking of oh, okay. like, of '90s, look at look at Bagley's MJ hair on the next page.
3: <laughs> it sure is red. <laughs> 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 no, well yeah it is it is kind of like 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 uh, a motion comic and how it kind of moves on zone but uh speaking of hair peter's hair grows from the last scene like yeah i'm glad i'm glad you pointed that out
4: that's i'm so, so glad that. You, noticed in, like,
3: you noticed that. oh he yeah, stole dude. superman's mullets well like he his hair is like now from the anime series it was originally it was like the 90s Beckley hair so um peter changes his mind says, you know what you've been' are right just
4: So, no, it's a mullet. It's not even a '90s show hair. It's a mullet. He's got.
3: I don't know if it's a mullet. I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's like it a look Superman correct.
0: mullet.
3: I, I can see it from the front, so I don't think it's a mullet necessarily. It's just longer
0: hair. Yeah,
3: but, but the point is, it's not how how he looked the last scene. So uh, that's true. So, um, he, he basically contradicts himself from the last scene. Uh, later on, uh, Ben thinks to himself, "What a whack job." man uh how people are kind of somebody's (laughs) going after his his private identity uh jessica comes into the daily grind saying hey ben i've come for my bag and ben says we should probably talk about you know the fact that i'm spider-man And she says yeah later and walks away um next time we see peter and mary jane peter changes his mind again before he's uh before the two of them are accosted by Oh Lord <laughs> <laughs> what at this point at this point, the nineties broke into my room and just punched me in the balls because, <laughs> because <laughs> We have this this half half mutated half cybernetic guys from name your u p n cartoon show from the from the, on the weekend whichever whichever you 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 like the most what are they called Nardi brammer andros. Lasher, And they, they speak so seriously. Um, who are <laughs> you? What do you want? Quiet Wait, down, sonny keep... boy. You lack the proper positioning to demand answers. Brammer, are you absolutely certain you confirm confirmed the target, correct target? Nardi has a, got a point, chief. Nobody in his right mind hires a cybernetically enhanced Merc squad like Cell 12 to take out two average civilians. It isn't good business if... to question the mental health of clients, Andros. Besides, we were warned that the man is intersect. much more the Huh? Anyways, uh, these guys go on and just start saying this ridiculous dialogue. They look like freaks, and they start attacking Peter and Mary Jane.
4: If uh, I may interject, Dan slot if you're listening, you get a cookie if you somehow find a way to bring these guys back. You already... No. <laughs> no.
3: Absolutely <Definitely> not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> these need to die a merciful death. Uh, which they do, I think. Alright, Don, continue with your recap.
4: Aren't these Here's- really Death Strikes guys?
2: maybe
0: the peter reavers
3: is, yeah they kind of kind
2: of do look like them
0: a little
3: bit yeah um peter is saying to, for them not to you know not mess with mary jane because she's pregnant and they're like oh no we have no orders to mess with her or your child but you on the other hand and they beat him senseless uh, and because he's spider-man he i guess he is <laughs> easy he's easily which is in the word um, <laughs> I,
2: I I think I should point out they said that they don't want to hurt her because she's pregnant. The very first thing they did was throw both of them into the wall.
3: Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like the Doctor Octopus Spider Man two thing where like I have no no orders to kill you, but I'm gonna I guess. Um, <laughs> so uh, Detective Complex number thirty or thirty one is happening in the next scene where uh, how <laughs> much? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs>
2: Well, no, it was intentional, because he has, he has a Batman shirt
3: on. Yeah, he's, a, he's actually Batman from the past. Uh, Spi- well, luckily, Spider-Man shows up to, re- to prevent Batman from being a Batman, and saves them before the guy shoots. And um, Ben is kind of swallowing in self-pity, saying, you know, a hero, not me. I used to be the real Peter Parker, but Peter is the one I still, who I still think is a hero. So he's just kind of whining, then he goes back and sees the, uh, the Joker's hip- lipstick handwriting and says, we know who you are. Ben is like, oh my god, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Cut to Mary Jane saying, please, you're killing him! And Peter's getting, getting his face uh, kicked in.
2: By, Stop! By, uh, he's dead already!
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simpsons joke count four. <laughs> so, uh, they're, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I guess if we make it, make it home now, we can catch the game. So Peter's just really messed up. Um, ben is like, this is just great, man! Wait a minute, if someone knows who I am, that must mean the people that I know are in danger. So he hightails it to the daily grind, just in time to see it burst into flames. No! Blood Brothers continues in Spider-Man 68. To be continued.
0: And your words got that recap. (laughs) Not really.
2: Um, Blood Brothers Part 3, which takes place in Spider-Man number 68, which is written by, if I have my list in front of me, Howard Mackey, penciled by John Romita Jr., Inked by Al Williamson and Al Milgram, you need a two for this one. And collared by Kevin Tinsley. And uh oh boy this cover. It's got uh it's got the robotic cyborg hobgoblin, who I guess debuts in this issue, holding oh, a yes. pumpkin bomb which which somehow has Spider Man's reflection in it. Even though pumpkins aren't reflective, uh, I don't know. Um so we begin hobgoblin. <laughs> It's it's a VR pumpkin. That's probably some BS they would use. This is the nineties, after. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, Zach. That episode was like six six episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> like eight. Um, oh yeah, that's right. We have those five reruns. <laughs> <laughs> Call it Beer like a... it is.
0: Uh,
2: anyway, so so uh, the issue begins where Ben is in the daily grind. Hanging upside down, looking very creepy to be perfectly honest, watching and off in the distance as Shirley is talking to uh Dennis Franz and uh, whoever his partner was at the time and uh she's they're basically uh Jimmy trying to it's a thought uh, I don't remember, but anyway, the point is uh, the the two same cops from earlier are back, and they're talking about are asking her questions about ben riley and whether or not he's responsible for torching the place. And of course, she starts to believe them, and she cries. And uh, For some reason, uh, Devon, his eyes get really creepy in that last panel on that page. It's like he turns his into eyes a living out. dead. Son, our <laughs>
4: records show that, that Miss Riley has a history of lashing out against his employers this way. Sorry. And suddenly... <laughs> I know!
3: So, so, so Ben has a history of burning down buildings? <laughs> <You know what? laughs>
0: I, the only time I've ever seen Ben violent is during the Exiled arc where he was like, Rrr. remember that when he was like all drug induced or something like that what are, fever about, dude? what
2: are you talking about, dude? Web of Carnage or like, <laughs>
0: it's like last one? Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not talking about like as Spider-Man. I'm talking about as, as Ben Riley. True. It, what happened in, in like, uh, No, he was like, we we flash back to when Seaward, you know, first became. Uh, when we first made Seaward uh, uh, Sean Connery, and uh, <laughs> in 2011. When his, yeah, when his, in 2011.
2: When, his, when his cabin exploded, that story. Yeah, when his cabin. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that story yeah, when
0: his cabin yeah. exploded, and then he's like, oh, "Let me help you, boy." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah,
2: He was gonna beat up that guy on the bus, wasn't he? It, it, yeah, that
0: was also in Parker years. Yeah, uh, back up to <laughs> brother, or Actually, <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Uh,
2: it was back up of ASM, or uh, Spectacular 223, my very first issue. I'll take your word for it. So uh, so Ben decides, uh, yeah, he's just wasting his time. So he leaves the scene of the crime, which anybody could have seen him in because he was there for a while. And we cut to Peter and Mary Jane, where Mary Jane is uh, tending to Peter's injuries. And, you know, he looks surprisingly decent considering how screwed up he was at the end of ASM. She just put some bandages M- around his-
4: Wait, wait, wait. And since the last part, MJ has lost a yard of hair. <laughs> and the well changed artists
2: This,
0: yeah, the, the art. It's,
2: yeah, it's I know, I know. Of it. <laughs> she lost quite a bit of weight too. That's a true uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Peter starts recounting how uh, these guys, these robot freaks, beating the hell out of him. Sort of reminds him back of back in the old days when he was puny Parker and he couldn't defend himself. And uh, he starts getting uh, really emotional about it. And uh, Mary Jane basically gives him uh, a speech completely contradictory to what she was saying last issue, but basically where she's saying you know, the old, I'll, I'll support you whichever decision you make, if you want to stick around or you want to leave uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, yeah, there's a lot of weird uh, uh, characterization issues in this arc from, from issue to issue
3: There's a lot of the there's a lot of like the marriage sucks and this is why scenes kind of going on all—it's <laughs> all, it's all, it's all it's like the same, the same going on. <laughs> so
2: uh, we we cut to a scene of uh of uh, Jessica walking across. It says on the other side of town, Jessica Caridy in this young life is one filled with passion and pain. Where she's looking, she's basically walking around with a Manila envelope, looking at the picture that she has of uh, Ben as she heads back into her apartment. And when she gets there, Ben, like a like a damn creep, is waiting there for her without his mask How about on, a spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i'm gonna drop one on your couch but then she shows up and he interrupts him but uh he, so he basically is there to sco- to threaten the help threaten her into uh cutting out whatever nonsense she's up to because he assumes that she's behind the attacks that have been going on she blew that's, coffee that's shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she blew up a coffee shop she sent uh, robots after peter and mary jane this sounds completely in character for a college student so uh, after he leaves his threatening message and doesn't listen to what she has to say, he immediately leaves and uh, he heads to Peter and, uh, and MJ's place where uh, he tries to ask, uh, you know, if Peter's around, and they have a little short, little quick conversation, I believe, about uh World trainer. Where Peter's basically like, look, C-Word is bad. <laughs> and Ben's like, no, C-Word is good, and I'll prove it to you. So he leaves. Uh, he he fo- follows the spider tracer to the that he attached to the uh, crate in the previous issue. And it leads him to uh, those robots again. And uh, they have a quick fight. This time, Ben just completely cleans their clocks. So yeah, he like, owns them. Yeah, he completely owns them and rips the tail off of the guy with the tail. He be- Very quickly, maybe two or three pages. And then... <laughs> then we really get into the crap because the hobgoblin uh-huh. appears and uh he he's now a cyborged out hobgoblin who in case you forgot at this point is uh jason mackendale and uh he has like he'll a,
3: wait, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be dead by the end of the year and hobgoblin lives <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: uh yeah he has a uh, he has a metal gear solid 4 style uh cyborg eye over his left eye then he has oh, some oh, yeah. sort of uh he has uh, he has not one <laughs> he has not one but two purses instead of the usual one <laughs> green goblin purse he has uh, he has like these shocker looking arm gauntlets except that they have a bunch of extra pieces sticking out basically he looks like what a character design would look like that you made when you were like thirteen and you thought all this stuff was cool except that this was created by an adult. And then Ben oh, Riley says,
0: "Green Goblin."
2: He's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "How quickly they forget?" No, Spider-Man, it's me, the Hobgoblin. And to be fair, I didn't. I I don't really blame Ben for not recognizing him. Although <laughs> well, Ben uh, was like, playing Hobgoblin. Oh y- yeah, <laughs> he has no idea who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say, in the in sto- in story, Ben actually doesn't know who the Hobgoblin is because. Instead of doing the smart thing and maybe researching what Spider-Man was doing during these interim years, apparently he didn't bother to do any of that. So every time and, one of Spider-Man's and- <laughs> so every time one of Spider-Man's villains from the '80s shows up, he just has no idea who it is. And he is, met Half uh, during Funeral for an Octopus. I was just gonna bring the end. He should know. Well, again, though, he looks a little. Uh, well, he looks a lot different. <laughs> I guess is the
0: yeah, answer. but uh, let, let's 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 remember that funeral for an octopus is best left forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> the ashbin of the ashbin of suckage.
3: Then he also oh, appeared guys, the that's, uh, that's, the that's, unlimited issue where Kane dresses, dresses uh, Spider-Man. What's the Hobgoblin there? Uh,
0: yeah, th- yeah, he did actually fight the Hobgoblin in that one. in Mark and Kane, yeah, true story. Ben,
3: it was Ben, not 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 just Kane and Peter, right? Uh, I think
0: it was all 3 were in that issue. I'll go uh, back and look. Real quick, editor's note: uh, It was not the unlimited issue that. Ben Riley fought the hobgoblin. No, it was funeral for an octopus.
2: Ben Riley has had a lot of concussions, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to know for this one. There's no really no reason for that.
0: There's yeah, no reason. It's, it's, a other than other than it's work. Well, hey, hey, there is a legitimate reason. It's Howard Mackey.
2: <laughs> That's true. Howard Mackey probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to sort any of this out because. My God, is nope. he Batacon. Um nope. <laughs> But uh, surprisingly, uh, uh cyborg hobgoblin actually beats him rather easily, and uh, he's, he's about to kill him. Cyberman. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It has like a little uh, like a phalanx thing going on with the with like the crisscrossing line design. It's really weird. Actually, the cape does look kind of kind of okay, to be perfectly honest. Just not on this this douche. But anyway, uh, he's about to kill Spider-Man <laughs> when uh, suddenly Seaward Trainer appears, and he's like, let him go, this wasn't supposed to happen.
0: Well done, well done, yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> who wasn't, wasn't supposed to see this. I, Nothing I was, to was, see here.
2: Uh, so Seaward uh, convinces the Hobgoblin not to kill Spider-Man, and they just walk away and leave him there. Or uh, I guess Hobgoblin sort of oddly floats away, because he doesn't need <laughs> a glider, even though yeah. he has one in the tissue. Yeah. <laughs> What the? Well
4: you, well, you think what? Well, well, you think what's his name? You know the big guy in charge of this whole scheme. We won't know who it is for another few months. If we get really upset of MacIndale. I oh, never mind. I, I don't. I doubt. Jason
0: Philip Macandale gets a life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> Jason well, I'm Philip I'm Mac- sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't believe I can let you live. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> yeah he does his joker laugh <laughs> <laughs> thank, so you, anyway. thank you thank <laughs> you so anyway uh,
2: so ben shows up at the uh he somehow manages to make his way to a uh, peter and mary jane's house it says later that night but outside the window looks like daytime but anyway so right. he goes inside he f- falls into their window and they're both standing over him as he's a uh, just beat to hell laying on their ground like, if I turn like he my died. head... Yeah, he looks dead. There's a bunch of blood all over he the carpet. He looks like Vince from thanks.
3: Maximum Carnage. Am I right? Yeah, yeah exactly. he does.
2: <laughs> I like, like a asshole. He just got a bunch of blood all over their
0: carpet. Good luck at him. <laughs> <laughs> and the, Damn it, Ben. It's all not all even the- their carpet. It's the hotel's carpet. Oh, that's right.
3: They're they're the rich Carlton! <laughs> 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 that part <could laughs> <have not>, was... <laughs> My favorite part that was when I was, I was like, you know, I'll show you, I'll show you that that Seward's innocent. I'll be back, and you'll and you'll all be wrong. Then, like five minutes later, he comes back like dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's, it's the Ritz Carlton. That carpet probably costs like ten thousand per square inch or something, man. What the hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be continued. It's spectacular, Spider Man number two thirty four.
0: And spectacular so two thirty four is going to be covered by me. So we've got Ben Riley, who is <laughs> who has not had his chest cut open like he did in the end of last issue. <sighs> Instead, he's just like massively beaten up. We've got Mary Jane with uh, with water trying to trying to nurse his wounds. Ben is like, I mean, he's got blood coming out of his nose. He's like beat all to hell. Basically, Ben sits there and recaps what has happened so far in Blood Brothers before revealing that <clears throat> that he accused Jessica. And uh, he said it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't her. You were right all along, Pete. It was Seaward. And he was like, "Do you understand that I won't be a party to this?" The issue is called "Leap of Faith," t- written by Todd DeZago. Asabi Sima does the breakdowns. John St- Staskinski does the finishes. All right. Worse
2: at pronouncing names every time. <laughs> Stan
0: That's Stanisi, Zach. So, all right. So, <laughs> Blood Brothers Part 4 by Todd DeSago, Sabu Sima, and John Stanisi. All right. Uh, we, uh, Seward is talking with the mysterious Gaunt, who is supposed to be the, uh, main villain of the piece. He is being re- restrained by the Phil- Jason Villa Mackendale Cyber Goblin, because that's what we're going to call him for the rest of this, the rest of this episode. The uh, Cyber Goblin sits there and says, you know, he wants his, kind of his money, you know, and, uh, Uh, His employer is like, oh. Uh, Gaunt was asking if uh, Spider-Man did not appear. So he was... (laughs) Uh, Parker wouldn't appear when Spider-Man was being attacked. And so... uh, Mackendale not realizing who Peter Parker is. He was expecting him to. And he's like, not at all. Not at all. So... We then cut to Peter and Ben talking with Mary Jane about about the recent events and and, uh, how he needs to turn in seaward uh, and, and Ben being a little little wussy baby. He's like, I can't, I can't. And then he takes off and goes to the apartment of Jessica and then basically tries to apologize before b- being a complete jackass and asking if, he's gonna, if she's going to burn the negatives of him being unmasked.
3: <laughs> While they're hugging. So not
0: While really. they're hugging. This is not yeah. well done, Riley, at all.
3: Yes, baby, there, there. So, those, those negatives will be burned, right? Right. <laughs> right. Right. right.
0: <laughs> okay, so then we cut to uh, Liz Allen. Over some-
2: I'm sorry, I just looked at his face when she's yelling at him to get out. That's an incredible yeah. show. <laughs> well done, Sal.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, just he's me. all beat to hell. She's like, get out! What? So, we then cut to Liz Allen, who is uh, doing, looking at the numbers for for Multivex and Oscorp, or excuse me, Osborne Industries. It's not Oscorp, and uh, who then? Justin she, here. Don't worry about that. Uh, she then uh, phones the offices of Mark Raxton, which, by the way, when did Mark Raxton get like a a penthouse office in Fifth Avenue?
2: We got a job. <laughs> I don't know when, but I don't know when, but I got to be honest. That suit looks awesome. <laughs> he looks like a pimp. He's leaning up yeah. there with one and, leg up on things, and like a statue, statue of himself guy, in Statue.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like almost like a statue of Osborne. but like it's a statue of Doc Samson. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: you're right. And then, the guy's yeah.
2: ponytail end like a like a like a popped
0: collar. I don't know what's going on with that statue. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're focusing on the statue is and it, on the fact it's just, that, that some people who it's, didn't because realize because
2: need to be there. That's why.
0: <laughs> it's <just> so conspicuous. <laughs> why is it there? To, to me the other the thing we should be focusing on is that no that's not a that's not a coloring error. That's actually molten man's skin color.
2: Yeah, yellow, except <laughs> for gold.
0: Yeah, instead of gold, yeah. He's so, not, he's, so, not
2: a, he's not a 1960s Marvel Asian is what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> wow. That escalated quickly.
0: Oh come so, on! That's not exactly how
2: they would color them. when they had the, the the goofy racist like buck teeth and stuff. It's bad.
0: Yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> so, so, we we got, so, so we cut to Ben. Uh, ben talking with Mary Jane. Mary Jane's like, "Yeah, he went to he went to Multivex, and then he used the uh, pock the the, the lockpick set that he he bummed off of Black Cat on the way over there to uh, gain access. <laughs> and just when he gets to the computer, he gets he gets." <laughs> He gets captured by Cell 12 again. So Cell 12 then uh, starts trying to beat up on Peter Parker. Peter Parker, who's being restrained by uh, uh, two of the douchebags. Who cares? Even, who cares about who he's being restrained by? <laughs> Basically, Peter decided he wasn't going to come def- completely defenseless. He, he did grab a couple of web shooters. So uh, Ben then uh, uses, uses the webbing from Peter to grab the two guys. And uh makes the pitch in the swing and knock does the classic Hulk Hogan, knocks their skulls together and smashes their faces in. Brother Brother. And so uh we then have Ben protecting Peter before the Hobgoblin shows up, because he's back for more. <laughs> uh Peter gives him a pro tip <laughs> before he uh before he takes off. Gooping up uh Hobgoblin's hand before Hobgoblin starts flying off. Peter's chasing after Seaward. Peter captures Seaward, but then realizes that uh, a hobgoblin's glider is about to go into a fuel tank. So Peter then jumps to like an idiot, jumps onto the goblin glider, pulls it up, and and narrowly escapes with his with both his his life and the making sure that nobody else got blown up by the by the fuel tank. <laughs> ben, ben then lets Ben lets. Uh, a hobgoblin go in favor of catching Peter and making sure he doesn't fall to his inevitable death before they start. Uh, before they get to a to a, <laughs> to a wooded forest and and they're wondering suddenly why we don't have any answers. So then it's uh, to be continued in sensational number five.
2: I'm shocked that they didn't have uh, Ben yell out, "Not like Gwen!" While Peter was
3: falling.
0: No, <laughs> <a true> <laughs> not me. No, not again! Not like Gwen! Not like Gwen!
3: And he grabs, grabs Peter Parker and snaps his neck.
0: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> well, now I'm the one through Spider man <laughs> <laughs> Sensational number five. Um, do I have that? I think I do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because Greg All has right. the last recap. Okie okay, dokey. All right, can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you great.
3: You're great, man. Yeah, I'll switch, I switch mics. Okay, the fiery fury of the molten man. So Ben is web swinging, saying, "You know, the last few days haven't been the best. My apartment was trashed, robbed. The my, my off my workplace was exploded. exploded, It was blown up. I was accused of being the guy who did it. My girlfriend found out that I'm the what comic is this? Sensational Spider-Man. So yeah, this week's been kind of kind of At the top, of it all off. My costume's torn." <laughs> and the prom is oh, tomorrow.
2: oh what? The one ninety show reference? No one gets.
3: All right, fine. I oh, 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 oh. Uh, the the spider slayer part. <laughs> there, thank you. Um, so he he finds some low income, you know, homeless people to beat up on who also have guns, and uh, it's one of those instances, instances where, like, you know, every superhero gets so mad that they just start pounding the guy more than they need to, until the, the until the person saying like enough. You're killing him. He's like, oh, oh, oh okay, okay, okay. And she um, says, hey, I've been following you. Your name is Trish Kowalski, uh, and you are the financial controller at the Multivest Corporation. Are you aware that anybody who works there are doing some illegal, shady business? And she's like, no, I don't believe you. Believe me, it's a fact. Well, okay. There was this one thing that, that helps the issue move along. She says, oh, okay, cool. So and uh, the people are apparently being paid off there, and uh, the account comes comes from dun, 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 Osborne Industries. And um, Ben says, Osborne Industries. He goes over to Peter. Peter says, Osborne Industries. And they're like, we both know who that is. Yes. For instance, Norman Osborn was the Green Goblin. Harry Osborn was also the Green Goblin. (laughs) They're both dead now. And blah, blah, blah. So, an entire page of...
4: Wait, wait, wait. May I interject? There's a great question from Peter. Why would Osborne want to
3: destroy us? Well, yeah, because (laughs) as as far as they both know, there is no Osborne. They're both dead as far as I know. Yeah. yeah, like that. Of that. That struck out at me, so never mind. <laughs> um, Peter, Peter's dressed all in black, like like a cat burglar in this issue. So there's that. Um, meanwhile, we see at I, I believe it is multi-vex a, a guard walking around, but he's knocked out by the molten man as he's going to Poor do whatever George. he wants. He's, yeah, he, he's, went, he's, he's, only like, two, he's only
2: two <laughs> days from retirement. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he, it's too bad he had to die. I think. Well, the place did blow up, didn't it? Some used to, um, so maybe it's dead. So we go to Liz Allen's place where Peter's is uh, greeting her. They've had a rocky relationship this decade, but they're passing on along pleasantries. Uh, Peter says, I'm working on a story for Spider-Man. And Liz is like, ugh, again? How many times have I told you I do not like him? What with him killing my husband and all? So, um, <laughs> just saying, Is Mark still running Os- Osborne Industries? Yeah, he doesn't break the law. Besides, I haven't seen him in months. Peter glances over the chair with his shirt on and he says, He he, he-, he- So he goes to the rooftop where Spider Man's uh mooning the reader and says, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He says, um you on this? Liz said that Mark hadn't seen him, seen her in months, but there was a man's jacket slung over the chair. The trump guard is that the jacket was obviously a bus desolate lined. And I'm like, oh yeah, obviously, I, I, I sure did c- catch that. So, um, so uh, Ben's like, alright, let's go kick his ass. But Peter's like, whoa, ho, we don't, we don't want to burst in there. We don't have enough evidence. And uh, we cut to Ben's uh, love interest playing Betty and Veronica because they're blonde and brunette, you see. And, um, Desiree knows that not Desiree. I'm sorry. Uh, Jessica knows that Ben didn't uh, didn't blow up the diner, but uh, Desiree says, uh, "Then what? Where, then where is he? Not, why is he not defending himself?" And Jessica kind of balks at that, and then she says, "You know, you know, men with secrets actually turn me on. It's like like you would do say any different. After all, you two are pretty hot dance partners, aren't you?" No, go after him. See what I care. And Desiree's like, "Okay, either he's a bad guy or they're they're together. Either way, he really is a mystery." So. women in comics doing what they do best talk about the men who stars in the comic um ben uh sneaks into the window where peter's like just like like over the rooftop uh and again peter's like you know ben calm down we don't know what's we don't know if he's innocent or not and ben's like okay you're right and he just breaks through the glass (laughs) hands up molten man, and they get to a classic marvel comics fight um inside of the building we see Super Trainer doing science to Gaunt uh, with Gaunt yelling, continue with the procedure remember, you owe me uh, fight starts happening Peter gets inside of the building just as the Molten man burns the building and the room they're inside and the floor gives way they fall all the way down and they have dozens of guns pointing at them with guys dressed like sentinels
2: <laughs> to be continued
3: included in ASM 412
2: Okay, I gotta ask you guys a question. How in the hell did Peter get down into the window? No idea. He ties a belt around the pipe, right? But the length of the belt wouldn't even get him to the ledge. But the the art seems to imply that he propels down the the freaking building with the belt, which isn't possible. (laughs) I'll buy that. It's about the only thing at work. I have no idea. It's really weird. Like, they, they take multiple panels to show him tying the belt off and, like, running off the edge and, like, holding on to the belt, but how long is the belt? What the hell? This wouldn't work.
0: You're you're thinking way, this way over this way... You're thinking this over way too much, there, Jordan. <laughs> I don't
2: know. That's <laughs>
3: okay.
0: Oh, thanks.
2: Just dismiss what I have to say. Okay, fine. Next issue.
0: I mean, no, it's... it's, 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 it's you're right. I mean, it doesn't really... The laws of physics really don't apply, but maybe this is like the first indication that Peter's powers are coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, yes,
2: yes, yes. I was thinking that, but Die. not really.
0: Yeah, we don't, see, we don't see that till he dies. Oh, wait. <laughs> 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 That's coming up. All right, so we're cutting over to ASM 412, the final part of Blood Brothers. It's titled Endgame on the cover. Greg Bashansky has the recap.
4: Yes, I do, and we open with... Molten Man beating the shit out of a bunch of guys who are no who no longer look like Sentinels because they don't pay attention to each other's artwork. And uh, this, let's look at the credits. Tom DeFalco wrote this. Mark Bagley drew it. Yay! And <laughs> a great team. Larry Moulinsted did the inks. Richard Starkins did the lettering. Bob Charlin was the colorist, as well as Malibu Enhancement. Ralph Macchio was the editor. And Bob Harris, editor in chief, who DC has now. Is he still at DC? but yeah, he boys, is uh...
0: still at DC. Yes.
4: New 52. Okay. So, um, Peter and, uh, Ben are watching Molten Man beat up the no longer looking Sentinel guys while, uh,. Gone to standing on a standing up on the platform, shouting orders. Kill the molten man, but spare the others. I want Parker and Spider Man alive.
2: Which um, did Hobgoblin know that? If you eh, who cares, <laughs> actually, in the last, in when Hobgoblin was yelling, I'm sorry, this is probably my issue. I forgot to mention this. He 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 mentions them as three different people. He doesn't. They don't know that uh, Peter or Ben is Spider Man.
3: Yes, that's that's right. They say like Peter Parker, Ben Riley, and Spider Man. So
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. The, 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 by the way, this issue is just reaping, like dripping with foreshadowing. So yeah. uh, I'll get no, into, no. I'll get into this later.
4: A- anyway, Seward tries to talk on out of the procedure, and uh, Zach just read the di- Seward's dialogue. Seward.
0: <laughs> okay. Sorry, I was I was fine, I was turning on the page. Things have gotten totally out of hand. It doesn't save to continue the rebirth procedure. These people can't stop the Molten Man.
4: Coach, tr- shut up, trainer. Concentrate on g- getting... Can anyone else do a better Darth Vader?
3: <laughs> uh, let's see where we are.
0: Um. Shut up, trainer. Concentrate on getting the regenerator online.
3: I will personally attend to Mr. Roxon. And he just punches him and in the so face not- like a rude guy. <laughs> God, I love it.
4: So Gaunt and Molten Man get into fighting when we cut back to a scene with um Liz and Mary Jane at um uh, Liz's apartment where um they talk about the Osborne's meanwhile me- meanwhile Normie is fluctuating between ages as usual. He plays with a Spider Man doll and snaps his head off, which we've seen him do a lot before, and we've seen him do a lot recently.
0: How many Spider Man dolls did that guy goes <laughs> <laughs> Why do they why do they keep giving them to him?
2: Why are they showing
4: after, like, that? We
2: get the point. We get the point. You think after like... You think after, like, like, you think after, like sorry, you think after like 10 of those, they'd realize that the kid probably doesn't like Spider-Man. Stop buying him all those toys.
3: <laughs> You're wasting the Osborn fortune on that. <laughs> we had to buy a toy factory for this.
4: <clears throat> yeah, I mean... So Gaunt's still beating the crap out of molten man when all of a sudden how much time passes because MJ gets captured by Gaunt's men uh, but before that hap- but before that happens Ben Riley and Gaunt have their own fight and he's like my appearance was quite different the last time I met ooh so this is someone they know I was stronger <laughs> vital alive. Die tends to slow men down, as you will soon learn for yourself. And I'm wondering if at this point they knew who he was. I mean, I know they had planned nope. for it to be Harry, but at this point, <sighs> was he, I don't. He obviously wasn't Harry. At it this. was
0: supposed to be Harry.
4: We know that, but obviously when this issue was written, it wasn't Harry anymore. Two issues ago, it was Harry, but I don't know.
0: Well, well no, I mean, it, this This is when they made the, the, the Bob Harry. I'll explain in life, The Life of Riley, too, uh, the, the yeah. whole Harry thing. But, yeah, it, it's basically um, supposed to be Harry at this point. Yeah. That's why he's fighting Raxton. Because yeah. remember, Raxton and Harry have a history going back yeah. to spectacular.
2: I remember. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, they just wrote this uh, vaguely enough so that if they changed their minds, they could go ahead and do it. I think that's just regular procedure for this early.
4: Okay. So, Riley is fighting Gaunt, and he's wondering, who is this Joker? Someone from my past? Or Peter's? We both have so many old enemies. who are supposed to be dead. People like the Jackal, Craven, Dr. Octopus, the Big Man, the original Green. Only one of these people is still dead, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah. We go down the list. <laughs> okay,
4: uh the jackal Craven Alive again. Alive. Doctor
0: Octopus. Alive again. The big Alive. Man. Technically dead. <laughs> technically dead on Doctor big Although Man's the dead. big okay.
2: man is a legacy character now, so uh technically dead, but Yeah,
4: well the big man they were talking about is still dead. Frederick Foswell right. has not come back
0: yet. That's true. You know, he's the mastermind. i as
2: uh, Bennett Brandt. <laughs> no, I was a crime master. Don't, don't give him oh, ideas. Yeah,
0: Bennett, no, Bennett Brandt came back as a crime master in the Venom series. Remember? What? This happened? This did happen, yes. <laughs> oh, God, you don't know that? Oh, no. What?
2: what? The Bram- okay, you gotta explain this now. No. Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. Okay, exactly. okay. I, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking myself off a of mute for this part.
2: <laughs> do
0: it now, do it now. Yes! Speak of the devil and he shall appear, Joshua Labbertoni.
2: Three years ago. Oh, no, no,
0: no, 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 no I'm, I'm not on the
1: show, I'm spectating. <laughs>
3: Oh. So okay, okay. Three three years ago, we were at San Diego Comic Con reading the latest issue of Venom, which we got at the, at the con. And the next day was was like this the the panel that they were talking about with Venom. So uh, I forget the exact setup. Uh, someone has to correct me if I get it wrong.
1: Josh and so I, Josh and Don, and I are like sitting on a bed together reading like Venom, like page after page, and like we've had a new Crime Master throughout the series, and like he kidnaps Betty and like. And, like, I think, like, Betty sees, like, a room of, like, photos of, like, her and Flash and, like, stuff like that. And she's, like, oh, my God. And he's, like, that's right. And he starts to take off his mask. And, like, Don and I are, like, grabbing each other's, like, hands. Like, no, no, they fucking won't. And then, like, the next page, it's, like, (laughs) Bennett, Brent. And we scream. And, like, Stella's, like, on the other side of the room, like, like, what is this all about? Like, we scream for a solid five minutes. So, like. Venaplan's not only back, but he's evil. Because if you remember, like in the original <laughs> ASM, he was just like a guy who owed money the boogies. But he's like evil. He's like strapping people to bombs, like, mwa ha ha, I'm gonna kill you, slash Thompson. You know, like oh, my and God. Uh, <laughs> And then like, he shoots Sam. him in yeah, Betty shoots him in the back. The next issue, and he dies. And he's his dying words are "Damn, Betty, that's cold."
2: <laughs> and then she's like, "Flash Thompson, this is okay. all your fault. We're breaking up okay. for good now." <laughs> okay, real talk. You guys are just screwing with me, right? Like this isn't no, no, no. no, no. I, swear God, no. I swear to Christ, we or not. But no! I, don't believe you. I believed you up until the part where Betty shot him in the back, and he's like, "Betty, Dude, I swear and on the name of Zach's daughter." Absolutely, I don't
3: know that. Like he comes back to life whoa, whoa, even whoa, whoa, for whoa, one whoa. issue, and then he dies the next issue, like as though nothing ever happened.
1: Well, like he he was in that whole series, but like we didn't know it was him until the issue before he dies, and like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's back and he's evil, like evil. <laughs> and like I asked Colin Vaughn, he says, "You know, you we weren't sure you? if it was going to be him or Ned Leeds up until the last minute."
2: <laughs> oh my god, they could have called for Jason. So wait, hold on a second now, hold on a second. So that's if why we didn't know. It- so, so they bring him back, but do they ever explain <laughs> why he was evil? Some, like,
1: cabal of crime masters, like, recruited him when they, like, revived him. But, like, we never, like, got, like, the story behind that. It was, like, set up for, like, stuff that never happened or was revealed. But
2: that makes no sense. Why would they revive him? It's, like, exactly.
1: a he was, like, a lawyer who owed Bookie's money or
2: something. <laughs> It's like we like, need to revive the und- <laughs> Crime Master. Let's take this random lawyer who died 15 years ago like Oh my god
1: <laughs> who, who, who was not even evil. He's like, "Oh Betty, you know, I sure wish I didn't get mixed up with Dr. Octopus."
0: <laughs> oh my god. I'm going to become evil.
1: No, oh, like he—he, he, he, I'm picturing it now. They're on like some catwalk on like you know, it's not like Ace Chemical Plant, but it's something like that. And Betty shoots him in the back, and he like kneels over, like falling down face first. And he says, "Damn, Betty, that's cold." All right,
2: Josh, you, you, you know you're my bro, but I gotta be—I have to look this up. I gotta be honest. I'm still like...
1: <laughs> I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. John, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't
0: know what to tell you, dog. I do not know. What okay, to tell you. all right, so, so let's let's finish let's finish the recap I'll see right. you guys at the yeah
3: okay,
4: oh so, my. Ben Reilly, so yeah so Ben Riley's <laughs> fighting Gaunt and wondering who he is people we both know people are dead people like the Jackal, Craven, Dr. Octopus the big man, Bennett Brandt Blackie Gaxon the original Green, good lord could he be Harry and at this point you know it's not Harry because otherwise no one would, would have said it <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that.
4: And uh, Seward shouts, Gaunt, the regenerator is finally online. I can initiate the rebirth procedure on your command. And Gaunt's Gaunt's a jerk, so he just gasses Peter. I mean, Ben, 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 why did I call him Peter? they're both Peter in a way. (laughs) And as Ben passes out, he asks, Who are you? Ah, oh, I was hoping you'd be intrigued. Unfortunately, though, it isn't the name you once knew. I'm afraid you'll have to settle with calling me Gaunt. Actually, he's Roderick Kingsley, but <laughs> he got shot by uh, the uh, Kingpins guys, or is it the Roses guys? And <laughs> unfortunately, though, it isn't yet. My employer has requested that I keep my true identity and his a secret for now. Your, your employee, another former acquaintance. And I remember the oh. first time I read this, I was thinking. Oh no! How many of these? I mean, how many? The Clone socket's had how many mystery people, and now we've got two
2: more. I'm still waiting for the explanation on what the hell Wild Whip was. <laughs>
0: uh, Who? Never. You'll never. You'll <laughs> never find out. Just, just move on. Let's just move on. Okay.
4: It's a pity. Uh, that, it's a pity that. <clears throat> that you can no longer hear me. I wish I could take credit for the way you've been played for so long. Alas, I cannot. But I will take my small victories, such as this where I find them. And I just want to say that this page is gorgeous. I love the splash pages Mark Bagley art.
3: They repeated Ooh. they reprinted this for a Spider-Man unmasked in and Gaunt's uh, villain entry. Back when Gaunt back when Gaunt was worth a damn. And I thought he was a big time yeah. Spider-Man villain. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, back yeah you'll see Gaunt-
2: yeah, sorry, <laughs> too many people jumping in at once.
0: Go ahead, Zach. Go, go ahead, jo- go ahead, Jordan. No,
2: I really ahead. had not much to say. I was going to say whenever they printed those guides, they always seem to lean heavily towards whatever time period they were printed in. So looking back, well, actually, like all the Marvel <I'm> encyclopedias <laughs> are hilarious. Absolutely, like the Marvel encyclopedias are hilarious because they're they're all just filled with like circa 2004 villains like they're the most important thing. Yeah, I mean I'm trying I'm looking at
4: Gaunt and I'm trying to imagine just what the hell his voice sounds like, and I can't help but think about one of those computer programs from back in 1995 1996 where he would type what he wanted to say and it would have the most robotic monotone voice. So and
0: basic just... basically the uh what's the astrophysicist's name?
2: Stephen Hawking. <laughs>
4: like Stephen Hawking.
2: <laughs> Actually <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking, I, thinking first... I, I was you thinking you know those Yeah. You know those commercials where they were like, you shouldn't you shouldn't you know, you shouldn't smoke because then this could happen to you and they have those people talking to Space Fox? That's what I imagine. Yeah.
0: Pretty yeah. much. So uh shouldn't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. <laughs> yeah, but, but look at the Don't
1: worry, we won't tell Homer.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's
3: that? Where did that <laughs> text go? <from>? How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. did I mean,
4: but, I mean, look at his text dialogue. It's a robotic It's a robotic. Vo- it's a. Ro- it's a robot bubble. I mean, look at it.
3: Oh yeah. What is supposed it's to it's be a robust. simulator? Yeah.
4: Oh well. So Gaunt enters his regeneration chamber where. Meanwhile Ben and Molten Man are chained up and Peter and MJ are just standing there unrestrained and uh MJ tells them they've got tells Peter they've got to help Spider Man and uh Peter just starts uh pretending to beat him up, but it only weakens his chains and uh wait, does Peter have his strength back here or does Ben do this all on no. his own? What happened?
0: This is this has been on his own. It's just Peter's providing the distraction. And by the way, I love that how, like when Ben comes to he's like, When did Mrs. Parker join the festivities? <laughs> Mary Jane, what are you doing? <laughs> like, she just she just enters in off panel like, oh, hey, I'm at, I'm here at Multifex because, you know, I just wanted to show up.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently he used his old uh, spider chest expansion to break out of the chains.
4: <laughs> and so, Molten Man is free also, and they proceed to beat the crap out of the place, and uh, let's see, there's a bunch of ads here, and uh things start to blow up, and And uh, there's an explosion that that seems to take out a bunch of bad guys and Peter tries to get MJ out of there. He doesn't try to save anyone's lives at this point. I mean, which... um, What an awful hero. (laughs) What an awful hero. What an awful hero. (laughs) Damn it, Zack Snyder. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
2: Don't do it. Don't do
4: it. I I was joking, (laughs) but all right. (laughs) (sighs) And Ben warns Seward to get out of there and Seward... I just love saying C word. It's hilarious.
3: C I'm not entirely convinced we're <laughs> pronouncing it right, but it doesn't matter.
4: Not you have got to leave less until you're all clear. And so our heroes escape. There's an explosion, and they think that C word is dead, and everyone's depressed. Meanwhile, Gaunt and C word have survived, and uh, it's an interesting story. And uh, in <laughs> this morning, Silly Beagle, they theorize that last night's fire at Multifex was the result of industrial espionage. Sabotage. No, industrial sabotage. Sabotage. I can't imagine anyone capable of such a repulsive and contemptible act. And Seaward just tries to uh, throw this up. Uh, are you making an accusation? Because I will slap you right in the mouth. While <laughs> a pair of the weirdest looking gloves I have ever seen just appears in the shadows. Look at the wrist on this thing. This this is weird. That's a strange pair. It looks like a, it looks like a weird costume. Look at this. It looks like a looks rat like tail. Wearing,
2: it looks like he's wearing a glove over a glove. And the and the, the glove on the top is loosened. I mean, what
4: and um. Meanwhile, I mean, and this guy's whether he is or not. The fact remains that you two bunglers have jeopardized everything. For years, I have secretly built my criminal empire, cautiously manipulating events and people from the shadows. I realize that Spider-Man and Parker were getting too close and had to be discouraged. But I cannot condone the loss of Multivex. That inseparable pair will eventually pay for all they have cost me. But that, should, but it shall be at a time and place of my choosing. And did Marvel even know who this guy here was yet when this was written?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, he's going to lean. He's he's gonna, gonna, he'll turn around <sighs> the chair and say, My name is Ernst Stavros Blofeld.
0: <laughs> all right. So uh <laughs> so okay. Anyway, the uh we talked about the time trap, the time loop and uh how it was still being in play well into October. Uh was starting to they basically they were trying to make that time loop theory work. Of course Mephisto got brought in. Dan was basically saying, Hey <laughs> um we really don't want to hear from Kurt Busick, uh, you know, in terms of what's <laughs> going on in the main Spider Man books, but they even brought Kurt Busick. So, uh, it was the story the storyline had to be first and foremost a Spider Man story with a down to earth and suitable villain for its center. So, all right. At this point, uh, Mystery Man was actually working for someone else today. This requires an explanation. As I mentioned in a previous column, the Mystery Man, who had become known as Gaunt, was intended to be the master villain behind the whole Clone Saga. The identity was going to be revealed in the climax of Blood Brothers. Now the truth can be told. Gaunt was intended to be Harry Osborne. It would have been revealed that the Goblin Formula had not really killed Harry in spec, spec 200, but it did cause his body to start to weaken and wither away. It essentially became a living corpse in the environmental suit he wore was the only thing keeping him alive. Harry was blackmailed. Seward but into restoring his body, holding some great secret over Seward's head. Bielinski was suggested that the great secret was that Seward had worked with the Jackal in his original cloning experiments, which would explain why he felt such an attachment to Ben. So Harry, the second Green Goblin, one time best friend of Peter Parker, who had been the architect behind the whole thing, and Ben would have died in the final confrontation. So what happened? Around the time of Blood Brothers got underway, Marvel reorganized, and Bob Harris, the E. I. C. of the X Men group, became Marvel's yeah. one and only editor-in-chief. Now, Bulensky was the Spider-Man group editor and had to answer to Harris. And One of the first things Harris did was tell Bulensky to postpone the end of the Clone Saga until at least October of that year. Harris' explanation was that it was going to be a big X event happening in April of 96, and he didn't want the end of the Clone Saga to have to compete with with that. Since Onslaught happened around that time, we have to assume that that was the big X-Men event that Harris was referring to. The other thing that Bob Harris did upon taking over his EIC was reject the notion that Harry would be the big villain. Harris told him told Glenn personally that he never felt Harry had the power or presence of his father. He always seemed very ineffective to him as a goblin. And your baby would agree. Oh, <laughs> so even even through work had begun work even though they had begun work on the story, <laughs> clues were already being dropped that God was Harry. Harry had to be dropped from plans. So, they had no idea who Gott would be, but didn't seem to matter since we wouldn't end the clone saga at that point anyway. They basically were stuck in a holding pattern, forced to circles around literally for six months until they could land. The S- solution was to add one, one, one more layer of mystery and intrigue and establish that Gott was actually working for somebody else. And that's why Gabby is so upset. Hi, Gabby. that's uh, why. Yeah. So, Norman's death would, uh, so basically, uh, uh, they would establish that someone referred to as the devil himself. They had no idea who that would be, but as long as Bob was heading, any he say over it, we know who it wouldn't be. Norman Osborne, As Dolinsky wrote in a memo dated November 9th of 95, Norman's death should never be undone. In his opinion, it's too classic, and let him rest in peace. Oh, the irony. <laughs> yeah. That right there is what was supposed to happen in Blood Brothers. So now let's go around the horn. Let's give our thoughts. We'll start with uh, Gerard.
2: Overall, I don't know. This was this wasn't as good as I remembered it being. To be honest, for some reason my brain remembered this being a lot better than it is. It's not bad, but I think it, it sags right in the middle. Mainly when the, as soon as the robots show up or the cyborgs, whatever they want to call them, um, it gets oh, out God, to a you're really sp- my thought for me. <laughs> I'm I'm siphoning it through the internet. Uh, it starts off really strong. I actually really like the first part, but that's mainly because it barely has anything to do with Spider-Man stuff. It's mostly Ben Riley sorting out his Betty and Veronica situation and the whole thing with uh with the uh, burglar and all that stuff. Which and it, it, generally speaking, it's building up a lot and it feels like it's setting up a big story, which is what it's supposed to do. Like, if I just read this story today, I'd be really interested... That first issue today, I'd be really interested in seeing where it went. And then the Amazing issue sort of carries through with that. But then it it just sort of fizzles out right afterwards. So then you have the cyborgs show up, and then you have Gaunt show up, and all that stuff. And I think the story sort of goes to hell. Um, It's interesting how they worked in Peter and Mary Jane in this one, kind of. Like, the problem is, I don't know... Maybe one of you guys will disagree with me, but if you're going to have Peter around, he has to be doing something weighty, because otherwise he's just there. And I felt like this is one of those examples where it sort of works for Peter, but not for Mary Jane, where she's just there to be there. But at the very least, Peter and Ben get to sort out stuff and get to interact as characters, except that it's not consistent from issue to issue, so it just kind of blows the entire thing. Artwork-wise, it was pretty good, except for the spectacular issue, which kind of looked like crap. To be perfectly honest, there's there's an especially funny scene where he goes into mm-hmm. the uh, where he goes into Multivex, and he's like, oh well, I have a lab coat and a uh, clipboard, so I'll I'll look like a scientist. But for some reason, they colored his lab coat brown, and he has a popped collar, so it doesn't look like a lab coat at all. <laughs> I was really confused. I had to read that page twice to make sure I knew it was happening, but it was just a coloring error. I don't know. That kind of goofy thing is, I guess, just a microcosm of everything that I thought was wrong here. Because, like, in one issue, Ben will be, like, going out and doing his stuff and being really strong about it. And the next issue... Oh, which issue was it? Was it the sensational issue where he just turns... No, it's the spectacular issue where he just turns into a giant wimp for no reason. For that one issue where he's going around, like... Where he shows up at at Jessica's apartment and he says a stupid thing about the negatives and all that stuff. (laughs) so I don't know, my thoughts are all over the place I'm not really following my notes, but I guess the point is, it's an uh, an up and down sort of thing that I'm not entirely sure works in execution, but I like it a lot better in theory
4: I think we're at the point where, right now it's a blessing for the individual stories at least it's they aren't going to be going between titles and creative teams I mean, now, each recent title so up until Revelation, I mean
2: this is from the amazing issue. One of the things I liked is that at this point, we don't, we don't really know because Jessica was being vague about her father and all that stuff. So that subplot was sort of spinning for a while. She actually gives her a version of what she was told about her father. And I don't know. I want to talk about this because she says that, uh, what was it? She says, she says that uncle Ben pulled the gun on him and then they had a struggle and Ben was shot. And then when he got out of jail later, Spider-Man basically killed him. That was her version of the story. And so that's why she hates Spider-Man. But I'm wondering if she's like a, a, a aspiring news reporter, why she didn't look any of this stuff up. Or or is she trying to say that the official story is BS, and that's that's why? I'm not entirely sure. Um, <laughs>
1: okay, I'm, I'm not really here, but I had a thought on that, which was that People, like, you have reporters who, like, will, like, have, in real life, who have very specific denials about certain things, and I'm sure that she's seen the evidence, but she's like, oh, well, you know, because she says Spider-Man planted evidence, like, that that's what she said, so. Yeah,
2: she did, say Um
1: And I asked myself when I read this, like, okay, I guess her father could have told her that from jail, but, like... Who told her that Spider-Man choked her father, even though, like, the coroner's report says it was a heart attack? So I got to imagine that, like, maybe behind the scenes, her father had a buddy. And, like, you know, Carradine's, like, you know, final words, like, before he, like, before ASN 200 were like, if anything ever happens to me, tell my daughter, you know, like, (laughs) I went out like a pro and don't tell her I was evil. Keep up the (laughs) lie. And he's like, oh, Jessica, (laughs) your father, he he was choked by Spider-Man.
4: and. Maybe the big evil mastermind of the entire Clone Saga told her.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me, but yeah, let it, me just address this up front. Jessica will not appear after next issue of <laughs> Sensational. <laughs> <laughs> Ever well, again.
3: So.
2: That ends up going nowhere. Then he, 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 here's here's what I've always wondered.
1: Like during Civil War. When like Peter Parker goes on TV and says, "I'm Peter Parker and I've been Spider Man since I was 15 years old," is she watching TV being like, Psh, "bullshit"? That's not Spider Man. I know who Spider Man really is. <laughs> that's a good question. I see. That's
2: why.
0: That's why these characters need to show up every once in a while. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but also, uh,
0: by well, the way, the, Joshua Lavin ladies and gentlemen, the ghost
2: of.
1: I, I, I wasn't really here, but Gerard. No one was answering Gerard, and I had a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, I guess we're, I guess we're
2: editing Josh out and pretending he's not here. But that I kills don't, that. I, I, don't, oh, shit. I don't
1: We're about to lose. <laughs> it. I, I don't know. You can you can keep the conversation I mean, continuity's not that tight. I just I just didn't want to be the guy who like you know.
2: <laughs> but anyway, to Zach to, to Zach's point about Jessica sort of disappearing, though, I think yeah this this story sort of has the markings of some of that brand new day kind of thing where certain writers had certain characters. Where it seems like uh, Jessica and Desiree are pretty much just Dan Juergens' characters, and as soon as he leaves, they're just gone. They do and, something. And with this.
1: Uh, you know what happened to Desiree after Dan Jergen's left, I, right?
2: Yeah, I, I'm just saying, I like most. Of, I'm saying most of the development with the characters seem to only happen under him, like especially in this story. Like, does Desiree even show up in the non-sensational parts?
1: Yeah, I don't think
0: so. No, not, not. Like when she
1: came back as a psychic who
2: could speak to the dead? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Don't. <What? laughs> Don't make you have another Ben and Brad freak out.
1: No, she showed up in, like, the post Clone yeah. Saga books. Yeah, like, Peter, saga was the you only know, one. I've, been, I've been communicating with Ben's spirit. Oh, no, did Ben's spirit tell her I'm Spider Man? I better play it cool. I know what Ben's last thoughts were. Oh shit, she knows about the Goblin Glider. His last thoughts were of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well thanks, Desiree, for this interesting subplot.
2: <laughs> I actually I actually do remember that. <laughs> I think that it uh, got,
0: it got killed with the reboot. So I think yeah. it told you could move on with it because of the because of the reboot stuff. So Donovan, anyway,
1: Well, I mean, and it was all Howard Mackie characters, like, you know, uh, in the reboots.
0: Because uh, like,
1: you still had some pre-reboot characters, but it was the Mackie ones, like the Stacy family. Like and so-
2: or like uh, Jimmy Six,
0: those kind of people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he, yeah Jimmy, Jimmy Six was there. Yeah, Jimmy Shuk- Six showed up like twice. Don't know why. So.
3: Well, Gerard, no, he, he shows up after Ben dies, but uh, not for too much longer.
0: Yeah. So, Gerard, did you have more thoughts? Uh, well, I remember there's a, there's a reboot issue where he's
1: holding Peter at gunpoint for no reason.
0: Yeah, that was... Because right. uh,
2: he, sh- he gets he gets wounded and goes into Aunt May's house, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, duh, 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 I'm just skimming really quick through my uh, <laughs> random bit of uh, thing. Uh, I know the security guard that Molten Man knocks out is actually talking about how he's going to put in for retirement in two days. I don't know why, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, but other <laughs> than that, yeah, I guess I guess we sort of talked about everything else. Um, oh yeah, and MJ is a dumbass at the end of the story for no good reason.
0: <laughs> just yeah, to put was, her in there. Yeah, I, I don't know why she would, that's, that's so bizarre.
2: But I guess my major criticism here besides going up and down is that I just, the, the Gaunt subplot doesn't get resolved here, and I didn't expect that it would, but it seems annoying considering that that's what the entire arc was basically about. It was that and the Jessica thing, neither of which ends up resolved by the end, but anyway, not bad, but uh, uh, not as good as I remembered it for some reason.
0: Okay, uh, Donovan. What's your thoughts?
3: I I really love this the first half, and I think that Gerard was right so like by part four, it it kind of lost its momentum, it kind of lost its energy, and it got a bit more, I don't know. Like like, like I, I think the story was still. I think the overall story is good. I don't really have any problems with the story. I don't think I don't. You know, you, you can say oh the C twelve or whatever. But like you know, if we if we stopped it vault at every dated part of the clone saga we would never get past the first issue so at some point you gotta you gotta gotta start like you know just kind of giving up and caring about that uh but again like i honestly think the first three parts i think are actually absolutely excellent it like like the the issue where uh jessica finds out that ben is spider-man i think it's very good because it's a very low-key issue You start off with a very like you know regular sequence between peter robbie and jonah you know, you have some private life with Ben, his love interests, his work life. You know, it's, it's 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 kind of business as usual. You know, it's, there's nothing really uh, special about the issue. It's and very like, Spider-Man But yeah, that, that's I'm not trying to make a complaint. It's just like you know, okay, this is this is usual Spider-Man. And then she finds out he's he's Ben, and the storyline grows to the point where like Ben's life starts to like just crumble from that point on. And I really, really, really liked that because th- this is the first time that I felt that like Ben Riley was in a Spider-Man kind of story. It wasn't just you know the Clone Saga with all these characters that we'll never see again. No, this is like if he's Spider-Man, he should feel he should be in a Spider-Man plot. And then it felt like a very uh, quintessential Spider-Man story to me. So like from the first issue or the first plot parts, I should say, to like uh, part two and three, I thought were great. I, I thought they were you know um, very, very classic. Uh, ASM 411 this is important because I remember when, when I first saw this on the spinner rack in 1996 at a Kroger it, it scared the hell out of me
1: <laughs>
3: I've never forgotten this cover I don't think I actually read that issue before but I've always remembered this cover like Peter Parker marked for death I was like oh my god they killed Spider-Man <laughs> I was so afraid <laughs> because of like the bloody cover it really really freaked me
0: out I used so I, I-, I was like oh I used The Amazing huh. Spider-Man, like, the image. We had, like, some sort of projects at school, and so, like, this I read this issue so much that the cover fell off, so we just used the cover for, like, a project at school. <laughs> nice.
3: <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man Blood Brothers 2 or 6 marked for death. It's a very, <laughs> very awesome cover. Um, you know, Bagley's artwork always makes ASM get an A for me. But, like, I, mean, yes. again, like, I, like, I, I, I just dig how the sequence of events play out, because, you know, first... Uh, Jessica knows he's Spider-Man and then like you know, he's having problems with, with his money and then he's being uh, suspected for you know pa- crime not commits and I'm not a fan of how inconsistent Peter and Mary Jane are, are written in terms of like you know deciding whether to move back to uh, Oregon or not but the Ben Rye stuff is great I also really love the ads there's one ad I, I remember I've remembered all my life uh, not the good this one but the, uh, which one was it it was the one about uh Page is trying to load. It was the one. There was the one that talked about like like, like the, that month's issues of Marvel, and it had. Um, is it this yeah, yeah, yeah. It had Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch drawn by Mike Diodato, and then you have like a freaking roided out Thor, and then you have um, <laughs> uh, Silver Surfer being torn apart. I freaking remember this. I remember. God, I think I think I remember this like like when I first moved to Nashville. Like like this is so long ago. I totally remember this. So I, I just I just love this. Shit. It's awesome. It, uh, it, the ending was great. I love Ben. It's like, you know, oh, man. Wait a minute. If someone knows my identity, that means the people I know are in danger. So Mark Beckley crushes that page where like he's web-sleaning to the, the, the ground just to see it explode. That was an... Honestly, like, I gotta say, it was... We've seen that pop before, but I did not see that coming. So I was like, wow! This is completely firing on all cylinders. Um, let's see. We, then we have part three. I like... Uh, almost despite itself, uh, I, I like Ben uh, lashing out at Jessica because Ben, I would imagine, like, you know, Ben personally, granted, granted he's, a, he's a, all the a clones crap, but, like, as Spider Man, this is kind of a new situation for him. He's really freaking out and he's kind of like tweaking and stressing out. So he lashes at uh, Jessica. And I, I think that's uh, pretty cool for him to do. I, I think I like seeing Ben react to things that, like, Peter has gone through one way or another, but Ben hasn't. And we see him react to differently. You know, I'll get back to that in a minute. Have we commented on how, how Jessica Carradine is, like, designed throughout her appearances? With, like, the turtlenecks and, like, the, the, the heavy cl- clothes and the dark, like, you know, death from uh, uh, Sandman hair and all that kind of stuff? She has. And the
0: crazy she, 90s glasses? She's basically like Joan Jet. You ever seen Joan Jet in the Black Arts?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I like how Jessica looks. I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a little dated, but I don't know. There's something really striking about her design, and I like it. I, I'm sure that, like, you know... Mm-hmm. One could throw throw at it because it's, it's it's dated, but I I don't know. It, she doesn't look like your typical blonde character or another redhead, so I, I think it's kind of kind of neat. Uh, Although um, uh, I, I, I before, I
2: was going to say, help me out here. Um, in the first issue, though, am I the only one that thought that they might have added that shirt under her jacket in, as like a coloring effect? Because it doesn't look like she's actually supposed to be wearing a shirt under there. If you look at the artwork,
3: For uh Tr- uh, oh, sensational number uh, four. I'm looking at it right now. It kind of looks that way, but I, I can buy them not to... Like, <laughs> you know, we, 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 they weren't really going to try to... get
0: Comics code! Comics I code! What yeah. What
3: was going to I like how uh, uh, part three ends with Ben saying, alright, Peter, I'm going to solve these things once and for all. Like 20 minutes later, he comes back completely foobarred. I thought that was, was kind of cool. Like, like Ben, has a hell of a time. This story art, I, I, I really liked it. By part four, it does get to Star Dragon. The art's not as good. Um, I don't. Honestly, I don't know what's going on with Secret Trainer. I don't know how his story ends up, and I don't know like, like a whole. You know, I will be a part of this, but I'm helping you gone for some reason. And, like they, they're just, they are straight up not explaining it. And that's frustrating. Like it's it's a clear case of like either they don't know. Or they're just not letting us know, and it's probably not, not interesting in the first place. Um, I do like Ben. I don't know if, if is Ben's request that, he'll, that she's going to burn those photos all that outrageous. I, I guess that like I guess that he, he expresses it the wrong
0: way. Yeah, so think, like it's, it's not that he expresses it. It's just the timing of when he expresses it. It's like they finally, oh, oh Ben, oh Ben, and like he just he ends up. Saying it at the wrong, the wrong, wrong time. I,
3: think, I, I, I can see why she would be mad, but I, I hope that like, that scene is not trying to put across the idea that like what he wants is bad either. I think it's just bad timing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think well, it's like, like from, know, from her perspective,
1: it's like okay, you were only like being nice to me to get me to burn the photos, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like
1: if if he would have waited, you know, twenty more minutes after they were getting dressed to say that, then you know, actually that would have been worse.
3: well i'm out of here babe um uh let's see um yeah the the artwork is in in 234 is that good oh no i i do i love the fact that when peter's chasing sewer trainer and ben's fighting the the goblin their thought their thought monologues are exactly the same that is that is really cool i like that granted you know they are different people besides being clones but
0: yeah
3: I don't think that's been done before.
0: No, they did it, but it was done done a lot better this time. Last time that was done, and I distinctly remember Josh making fun of it, was that World Trade Center uh, Unlimited issue by Tom Lyle and Ron Lim. Uh, I don't think I was on that. Well, that's because that issue sucked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because I remember Josh going, see, see, they're the same person. They're the same person.
3: Are you doing that now, Josh?
1: Um... It depends on how it's written. <laughs>
0: it's written a
1: lot. Well, I, mean, I remember, Wasn't that the same like World Trade Center story where it's like for like three straight months the Clone Saga was like you know all about hobo rights like yeah you know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we must That's be kind to the hobos
0: that era yes
3: <laughs> yeah well I, mean, I don't know I, I, it goes on for like so hobo
1: many, lives you know, matter
3: like the same uh, please don't the same thing of like uh they're they're like they're not in similar positions. But they they have the they, like, word for word their thought process is the same, and I I, I feel that like that, that could be easily attacked. But I think that that's just very very unique, and I like the fact that like I, this far into the Clone Saga they're they're doing that kind of thing. But I think that's kind of cool. Um, let's see, part four. Well, I'm try to finish up soon. Um, You're on. I th- yeah, I, th- part I think it's, five. A, it's a bit. Oh, part part five. I meant. Five, I knew that. Um, the Multiman storyline. I mean, it's not bad, it's just less energetic, I think. I, I do like the artwork, I do like seeing uh, the female characters talk about Ben Riley because that's, that's a superhero trope. I, th- I think part, f- part five is, is less interesting, because half of it is just them finding the Multiman, who was not my favorite Spider-Man character from those uh, Ditko issues, he was really annoying. Is
4: he anybody's?
3: I don't, I don't hate him, but I don't love him. Uh, part six... You know, badly's back. The
1: most interesting thing about him is, like, being retconned to be Liz Allen's, like, stepbrother. Before that, like, there was nothing interesting about him.
3: Right. He's just kind of a new new, new, uh, Spencer Smythe. Uh, My favorite part about Part 6 is the fact that, like like I said, that Gaunt image was reprinted in Spider-Man Unmasked. And I, I legitimately thought that, like, Gaunt was a heavy hitter when I read that Spider-Man a Mask collection. <laughs> I, re- I really did, and I've not seen him since. <laughs> and I know who he is, but they, they don't tell you. I thought that, that Peter's, like, you know, trying to beat up Ben Riley to provide an distraction was really... Even before the situation was really random and almost didn't make at all any sense. But
0: uh, what are you going to do?
3: I, I think, that, again, the artwork kind of carries the story more so than the writing does. Like, Ben looks legitimate... Spider-Man looks legitimately crushed that he thinks Seward died. And I don't like how they're messing with this this mystery. Like they're not you know sabotage I can't imagine anyone capable of such a repulsive inconsistent act. No one talks like that. So um Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I have we given grades or not? Or are we going at least? Leave. Yeah, go ahead and give a grade. Okay, like it starts off really good. I, I think it starts off excellent. Like a contender for a best Sounds like a story. It we it kinda goes down by the end, but not in a horrible way. It doesn't like, you know, oh this issue sucked. It was just kinda like, well it's not as good. So I would give it, like,
0: a B plus. Gerard, what was your overall grade? I don't give a damn about giving a grade right now, <laughs> honestly. I don't know why. Like, I was B, B minus B. Okay. Uh, all right, Greg, give us your grade and your thoughts.
4: Well, I give the whole thing probably about a B because, well, I, I've i been repeating a lot, a lot of what everyone says. I think it starts well. I think the middle peters out. And I think it kind of ends on a decent note. I'm not going to say a great note, but a decent note. I mean, it's not as good as I remember it being, but it is a lot better than a lot of what we've talked about recently, and I did miss the Web of, Web of Carnage podcast, so maybe that was better than this. I don't know.
0: Um, I love Web of Carnage. Yeah, it was, it, we gave it pretty good grades. I think we gave it like A-minuses. Or...
4: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read Web of Carnage in about 20 years, so I don't mm-hmm. even remember it that well, but um... I think it was good. I think Jessica Carradine is a character with a lot of potential, and I was actually having problems with Skype and my internet connection around the time Josh was talking when he mentioned, is uh, Jessica Carradine watching Peter Unmask and saying, oh, BS, that's not who it is. I mean, this is a character who I think they could do more with, even today. Of course, they'd probably mess her up now, but...
0: <laughs> was this a character that Wiseman actually used on Spike Spidey? No. Okay, this is one of the few he didn't use.
1: Wait, who? Well, who, 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 who? Actually, uh, he he gave yeah, her <laughs> <laughs>
4: some. He, he gave her some of her elements to another character. Who did who? he? Give? Uh, Felicia. Black Hat.
0: Black. she's the burglar,
4: She's the burglar's daughter now.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, oh, I know you. Okay.
1: I know you strangled my father. What are you talking about? He's in jail right now.
0: <laughs> <looking at> them. <laughs>
1: he's right behind me, isn't he?
0: That's right. That's right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, but was what, what, what wasn't the burglar someone else in that show too?
4: Uh, he was uh, Walter Hardy.
1: Okay, that's what. Yeah, that's what it was. I, like I remember, he wasn't like Dennis Carradine yeah, They called him. We talked Cap-
3: about this before. He's he's, he's everybody in, there, in every incarnation. <laughs> <All> <laughs> there right. you go. There he you go. He's
1: Jack Napier. <laughs> Oh, man. There you go. Tell me, Uncle Ben, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?
3: (laughs) I knew that was coming. Oh, man, that movie is so good, you guys.
4: I mean, just is a character, I wouldn't mind seeing brought back if it was a different creative team, at least. I think there are pl- there's plenty you can do with her. She's an interesting character, and I do agree with Don. She's got a great character design. I mean, it, a bit dated, but she's very distinctive. I mean, Gwen was distinctive. MJ was distinctive. I mean, most of the classic girlfriends were, were worse, the modern ones are... I mean, I, I can't... To this day, I still can't really tell you what Carly Cooper looked like, or even whether, what Nora Winters looked like, or uh, whatever, I mean, but if a character's design looks distinctive and you know who they are on site, it's a good model, usually. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cheesy stuff. Like, I don't care for, um, the Cyber Goblin at all, but I don't care for Jason McIndale. I mean, and I and this is just another sign they didn't know what to do with that character. I mean, they gave him the Craven abilities. They kept trying to up his game. They made him a demon for a while. I mean,
3: he's Can really enough. they explain enough, where he got his new technology? Didn't, Multivex, I, I guess, wasn't
4: it?
0: Yeah, oh, it I was it guess. was provided by Multivex. It's explained a little bit more in sixty nine.
3: Why
1: would they do <laughs> yeah. that? In fact, in um, spoiler alert, the Osborne Journal. Like I remember, like Norman even says, like you know, to add insult to injury, I had to like you know pay a hobgoblin pretender and like upgrade his tech. I remember that.
4: Yeah, I- I'm really glad Kingsley came back and killed him. <laughs> I mean, the art. Was Don't worry, he'll good. be I mean, back. <sighs> Has Tristan McIntyre come back yet?
3: No, but he yes.
4: will. He'll be the next crime master.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care. I'll be reading it. All right. So, what was your what was your grade? I'm sorry again.
4: I gave it. I, I gave it a solid B. It's good. It's not great. It's better than a lot of what we've done recently, it's especially better than the than the uh, stories that Jordan and I recorded the last month. Funeral you know, for an octopus and uh, sibling rivalry. <laughs> Definitely much better than that. And
0: real quick note on that. Um... I totally forgot to release the episode with Gerard, myself, and Greg concerning Funeral for an Octopus and uh, Sibling Rivalry, so um, chronologically, it's going to be coming out after this episode, so it'll be episode 51. Yeah, apologies for my screw-up. Anyway, uh, back to the show.
4: I like it. I don't love it. There's really nothing in it I... Seriously dislike. There's nothing in it. It says, "I go. Oh, this is crap." I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed revisiting this, even if it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it did. So, um, there we go. B.
0: All right, uh, Don, uh, jo- John. Yeah. How about the only Josh? one left is? He- <laughs> well, I'll have Josh give his thoughts on it. I mean, there's no. He's already talked. So. Did Josh read it?
1: Josh, Josh. yeah I I read it I didn't have time to like take detail as much detailed notes I was going to refine my notes but then like you know my night finished at 1130 but anyway enough behind the scenes chatter I mean I've read enough of the story you know that I can like give overarching thoughts on this um, I like the I, I, I really liked part one as I think it was Dom was saying how like this story starts off as a run of a mill Spider-Man story but it's not decompressed like you know You have, like, you know, moments like, you know, Peter at the Bugle, like, oh, Joe and I want more money from you. Um, I do think that, like, the scene where Peter and Ben are burying the skeleton is super crazy with exposition to the point where, like, at one point, like, we know that they're burying the skeleton because you see them burying the skeleton and they say, well, now we're burying the skeleton. But at the bottom of the page, after they give exposition about everything, Peter's like, it's a good thing. We're burying the skeleton right now. And I'm like, okay. It's we don't need that much. Ex- this isn't a radio show. We, we, we see what you're doing. Like, um, but I like the arts, you know, that's yeah. fun. Um, I'm just thinking of like, you know, my thoughts are all over the place and um, I didn't have time to refine the notes. Um, you, you could tell like the moment where, you know, Gaunt goes from mastermind to like not mastermind when he's like, and now let me go to like, you know, my employer like there's an employer a never mentioned employer out of nowhere i like the scene of you know uh, ben kind of you know being angry at peter that uh you know while ben was off traveling the world on his motorcycle peter screwed up the relationship with you know liz and the other Osborns. and um i like little things like ben being like oh no the molten man he's one of my worst enemies yeah. oh actually you know he's liz's like secret brother now and he's like running you know multi-vex slash osborne industries like I, I like stuff like that. Um, I liked the Jessica things, and um, I'm going to give this a B minus. It could have been an A minus, but you know those last few parts were like the story changed mid steam. You know, around like part four, and uh, yeah. it, it,
4: it,
1: they they kind of had to like scramble for a new ending. That that kills it for me.
3: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think uh part five lets it down because, like, like, like kind of nothing happens. It's not bad, but, like, the, I, I don't know, it's, it's fairly straight... It's, it's straightforward to its detriment, and it kind of doesn't really bounce back from that. But, again, it's not horrible.
0: So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give... I'm going to pretty much wrap this show up with my thoughts. My nostalgia bone is tickled with this issue. I loved this arc. This was, I, like I said before earlier, I said this is my, one of my first actual arc of any type of Spider-Man story ever. So I remember getting this, like, as it was coming out, and I just loved every single part. And I'm like, oh, well, what's going to happen next? And, like, mm-hmm. and and just the, the anticipation of, of each and every week. I remember reading, I think I read all, all uh, I had five of the six parts. I didn't get part five for some reason. All right, so um, I remembered after the recording, naturally, why I didn't get part five. And I remember this back way from 1996 when I was, shopping at Walden Books. That tells you how long ago that was, when Walden Books was still a bookstore. It was inside my mall, and uh, I would go there and get my comics. Well, the um, I remember the shop owner, my dad asked me, asked the guy where uh, the issue of, Spect- of Sensational was. And he said, actually, Sensational had been the best-selling single Spider-Man issue because of the low numbers. Um... So even back then, you know, you you couldn't go by, beyond issue 12 without having to worry about the uh, the, the high numbers that might intimidate people. Um, anyway, just a minor antidote.
3: This would have been a great first story to get into Spider-Man, I think. Like the whole, I mean,
0: granted, but like the whole, you know, someone knows
3: who I am and they blew up my workplace and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I just absolutely loved it. And I think I read these books until the covers fell off and they were like, now they're completely worthless. I mean, I just read them and read them and read them. So I, I from the, now looking at it from an analytical standpoint of twenty years later, yeah, it's not quite as good as I as I remembered. I think Gerard, did you say that Do you remember it being a lot better than it was? Yeah. Um, I kind of agree. So my nostalgia bone would say a plus. <laughs> my. Analytical bone brings it down to a B plus, brings it down a full letter grade, especially because the ending kind of just meanders. But I, I thought that Gaunt was intriguing. I thought it did the ending did its job, but it wasn't what it was supposed to be. So, uh, yeah, artwork. Exactly. For, I, I thought this was Sabi Simmons probably best art before he leaves. He's he's got um, two issues left, as does Mark Bagley before he leaves. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can, to kind of give a rundown of how the Hey,
1: but Luke Ross is coming.
0: Hey, you got Luke Ross coming, which I know Gerard's a big fan of.
2: Especially in this era. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Heck yeah! So, um, okay. I, so do, have ca- one,
4: wait, I do have one question. Sure. Do we think that this would have been a better ending than Revelations?
0: No, I think Revelations... Not at all. I, yeah, I agree. I think Revelations ended up being the better ending, but they actually got to make the ending was the, is the big difference. I think this I was
2: going to say that this would have been different if it was the ending because this doesn't actually end, right? Let's think they'd.
0: about
3: it. Are we going to see a uh, 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 Seaward Trainer soon?
0: Seaward Trainer uh, will show back up in Revelations. Okay. The next six months are kind of self-contained arcs. There's a little bit of crossover with uh, Peter Parker and Spectacular, um, so. We've got seven issues of of, of uh, yeah adjective lists and six issues that we're going to cover of um, amazing, sensational, and spectacular. So we'll have the way kind of it falls is actually five issues of, of spectacular, but we're going to cover issue uh, two forty one, which is the epilogue. Um, so we've got a lo- we've got a lot of stuff to cover between now and then. What about redemption? We're going to do Redemption. That's 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 going to be in there. Redemption's going to be in there. Um, obviously, the
1: lost year is found.
0: Yeah, uh, I was talking about that on Crawl Space. We got we've got Redemption. We've got still got Planet of the Symbiots. Uh, I, I actually was doing a rundown of all of and this was in our in our little staff forum. That we've got a lot of stuff that I want to cover before the end of the Clone Saga, so we've got a lot of we got a lot of work to do. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, so that lights a train.
3: <laughs> well, I, I've been liking this stuff now. It really, ever since Ben became Spider Man, it really has been. I think it's been pretty good. I, I think that like when we read it in a bubble, it's easier to grade it uh, against the context of like when it was in. It's like, well, you know, this this is an accident issue. This, this this happened. This thing, and that's probably true, but. We read freaking Cyber War and the Squad yeah, Spider yeah. titles. Like like this, this uh-huh. is, it's not only better than that. It's legitimately. I'm, I'm finding myself like legitimately like
0: engaged in reading it whenever,
3: whenever that is.
2: Yeah. I'm, so, well, we, we technically we haven't finished the Squad Spider titles, right? Because We still have the worst. Of, we, have, we got Joe Wade.
0: We have the Joe Wade story, <laughs> which is it's coming up in an, in a couple of episodes. I. Oh I just the end to... of
1: the great game too in Spider-Man Unlimited where Ben I... Reilly dates Betty Brands.
0: Yeah, that I know Josh is like we're, we're doesn't matter what Josh what Josh has got going on that night. We we may just do it just just an episode with him doing that Unlimited. issue.
1: <laughs> um, well, it, it's like an extra issue too, legitimately. Yeah,
0: yeah it, 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 there's a lot of and, and, and there's also I think 3 issues of Unlimited left too. So we also I... got a, I mean, we got I... quite a few of. Yeah. I'm
4: boycotting way. Planet of the Symbiotes. I'm telling you that. No Planet of the Symbiotes.
0: <laughs> I'm boycotting a story
1: that's 20 years old. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Greg. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I'm looking at the. That uh, was just too ridiculous not to point out. Oh, I uh, know.
0: <laughs>
4: I enjoy being ridiculous sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. Um, I looked at the Clone Saga trades. We will try to cover as much as we can. Inside the Clone Saga trades, and even some stuff I want to cover outside the Clone Saga trades too. So there's 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 a quite a bit of, of work to do, but you know, just stick with us. Uh, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed this episode. I know. I know. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Um, so with that, any final thoughts? We'll go around the horn, uh, Gerard. What are your final thoughts? Uh,
2: I'm glad to finally be getting out of the whole crossover section because whenever we talk about how much we like the Ben Riley of Spider-Man, we're usually talking about the
3: next. Six months
0: or so. Yeah, I agree with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Don? I've been enjoying this era and I look forward to uh, uh, the further adventures of Ben Rai that will never end.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Greg?
4: Well, I, can, I can't wait. I'm having a lot of fun and I'm forward to doing what's next.
1: And Josh? You're going to burn those negatives, right? I will burn the
0: negatives. <laughs> <laughs> Get him! Get him before I call the police! Get out of here before I call the police! All right, so uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the fiftieth episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. Is for real?
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this is Josh's
0: reaction. Josh, okay, before we before we wrap up, Josh, your reaction to the fiftieth episode of CSC? Did you ever? It took
1: us six years. (laughs) <laughs> I think what September happened? was the month that we started too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Spectacular like webs ended before this day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. This is like the when Family Guy came back and like they talk about all like this the shows that like ended like this days because it's like, Do you think Clone Saga Chronicles will get up to fifty episodes? Well, only if you know like huh, we don't waste time on any of these other podcasts. Like Spectac- Jeff's spectacular Podcast,
3: web, ASM classic.
0: Well, think of all the shows that have ended and died, and this one just will never die. Uh. <laughs> that's that's how we do it. You're at spidey-dude.com. Yeah, saying
2: it'll
1: never know. die. We're going to have, like, a big falling out after this episode, because you said that now. I Don't
0: jinx it. <laughs> I know. But uh, remember to, to go back to spidey-dude.com. We've got three times a week content, and we've got a couple of other shows that you can check out. Mayday Mondays, hosted by Gerard de And uh, Greg Bashansky hosts Spectacular Radio. We've been on hiatus on those for a little bit, so but uh, we'll, we'll eventually get back to them. So... Got some stuff in the can, got some stuff working. So we'll see you next time here on spy- dot And if you uh, want to be a part of the show, before you uh, before we completely wrap up, remember you can leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 or leave us an email at CloneCyberChronicles at gmail.com. So uh, with that, that has been another production of SpideyDude dudecom and the Clone Cyber Chronicles podcast. Of course, powered by SpideyDude dudecom and the Spidey-Dude Radio Network.